Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for our third and final climax of our first ever guest host month as we've been bringing you through movies from all of our favorite guests that we've had on over the past couple of years coming out to talk about their favorite movies and introduce us to new movies and talk about all these exciting things, things that we normally never talk about with Ben because Ben's not here right now, so we're bringing on great replacements for Ben and we've got a spectacular guest this uh, week to cap up our month here uh, as we're going to be talking about Glass the I don't know if you call it a sequel semi-sequel the the final climax of the unbreakable split trilogy (laughs) it's an unusual thing but it's amazing and um, very excited we got a great guest on here to talk about who will introduce herself in a second let's just get into it my name is first name Mr. last name Colin no wait First name, Mr. First name, Colin. Last name. First name, Mr. Last name, Hilding. Middle name, Colin. Something like that. Hi there. My name is Martina Theo, and my quote is, Salt the bear! Um, <laughs> from the Glass movie. And then um, I was on Amazing Race Canada, if you remember. Amazing but, um, Race Canada. Yeah, Which I season was it? Movie. Which season? Season number six. six. Yes. Heroes edition. Woo-woo! And you'll, you'll even notice behind me, a, a good friend of yours is looking over my shoulder here. Oh, John Montgomery. That's oh my right. gosh, you are totally a fan. I am, yeah. I didn't even know that was John. I thought that was like a cartoon. <laughs> well, it's a painting. I thought that was it's like a, a car- Marvel. That, that's John's superhero. That's that's John in the glass universe. <laughs> Wait, is, it, is, that, is that an actual like photo or is that um, it's a It's a painting. Like a picture. Uh, I, I got oh, it from some sports trader who was selling a whole lot of all the sports memorabilia he had and uh, I, I've been referred to that. Actually, it's a funny story. Uh, people can listen to this too. We're already on Amazing Race stuff, which is exciting. But people can listen to this. Uh, yeah. I interviewed John uh, last summer and uh, I was telling mm-hmm. the story about how I got this painting of him. This, by the way, if people don't know, John Montgomery is the host of Martina's season of the Amazing Race Canada and Olympic mm-hmm. gold medalist. And um, mm-hmm. uh, John Montgomery uh, uh, was doing the interview with me and I was explaining that I got this painting because I went to this sports trade who was selling all this stuff because somebody told me he was selling a hockey card of my favorite player of all time, Doug Gilmore. And I was telling John the story. I'm like, oh, I went in there to get Doug Gilmore's rookie card and they had a painting of you. And he's like, oh, you should have gotten the Doug Gilmore rookie card. And I'm like, well, good news. I got both. So I told him I would send him a picture of the Doug Gilmore rookie card in front of this. And then he told me the story about uh, Doug Gilmore meeting him when John met him once at another charity auction and somebody had made like a sculpt of John Montgomery's head and Doug Gilmore bought it for John Montgomery and autographed it as Doug Gilmore. And John's like, Hey, you send me a picture of Doug Gilmore's rookie card in front of me by painting. I'll send you this. So I send him this picture. This was like June. I think we did the interview 
And then out of nowhere in like September, I get a random email from John Montgomery saying, hey, I was digging through the attic and I found this. And it's the John Montgomery <laughs> head, the Doug Gilmore autograph for him. So what a guy, John. That is, that is awesome. What a great story. I can't believe that. I can't imagine like someone sculpting your head or like my <laughs> head and like people wanting to buy that. That's like so like out of this world. I well, love it. I love it. Hey, if, if we've got anybody <laughs> out there who's good at sculpting heads, if you want to sculpt Martina's head, we will kindly get her to autograph it and we'll auction it off for the Oz Network proceeds. <laughs> no, nobody wants my head. No, no, that sounds scary. No, 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 no. But sure, why not? It's for charity. It's Come on, Martina. <laughs> it's for charity. For charity. That's great. Awesome. But, oh, my Lanta. Glass. This was, uh, this was your recommendation. And I'm actually really glad you recommended this movie because kind of going into history with this, uh, obviously I'd seen Unbreakable. I'm a big fan of Shyamalan. I'm not going to say I'm a big fan of all M. Night Shyamalan movies because he's had some garbage mm-hmm. in there, let's be honest. But uh, Unbreakable was one of the good ones. I mean, that was his second movie after The Sixth Sense. And uh, I just remember like loving this movie when it first came out. And uh, flash forward, what, 15 years later, and he makes this little movie called Split. And I had no idea these things were supposed to be connected. Now, normally something like this is going to be spoiled very quickly after a movie comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that these movies are connected because there is the post credit scene in uh, Split as well, which sets this up as the mm-hmm. same universe with Bruce Willis. But I had avoided it because I didn't see Split in theaters. And it wasn't until it was like out on Netflix, maybe six months later, that I was checking Split out. And I watched all the way this post credit scene. I'm like, what? This is going to be Unbreakable too, And I had no idea. So then Glass comes out. And I mean, I'm like first in line, opening day. Uh, some of the critics didn't like this movie. I have no idea what's wrong with them. This movie was an absolute blast. It's, it's the perfect sequel, I think, of both uh, Split and Unbreakable. You know, it, 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 it's not 100% an Unbreakable sequel. It's not 100% a Split sequel. It's kind of its own thing. And it, it's just crazy. It's insane. I love it. I totally agree with you. With Unbreakable, I had to watch it because I watched it, I don't know, 20 years ago yeah. when did it come out it came out I, like so long 2000 time ago, so it's been 20, almost 21 it. years yeah like 21 years ago so i had to rewatch like the other day and i'm like oh my gosh it just blew my mind it's like when i saw the characters come out in the film i'm like wait a second i know that person i know that person those <laughs> people were in sixth sense and i'm like wait a second those people are in the house of cards so it's like almost like Sixth Sense characters meeting House of Cards characters and then they made a movie called The Unbreakable and I'm like and like did you know that that woman what was her what was her name um Robin Wright she was actually in Princess Diaries wasn't she the princess she was I think she's like a teenager when she made Princess Bride yeah Yeah. oh that's right Princess Bride different movie yeah she was in Princess Bride I was like this I was watching House of Cards I'm like why does that woman look so familiar why does she oh my gosh she was like what was that like quote in that movie in prison? My name is Antigua Montoya or something. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> yeah, I just remember. And then, yeah, anyways, yeah. So it was such a good movie. Unbreakable was so great. Like, I love how it's like the dichotomy, like polar opposites. Like one person who's like so breakable mm-hmm. and then one person who's like super strong. And I'm like, wow, is there an opposite of me out there? <laughs> <laughs> Like Wait, hold on blowing. a second. So now we got now we got to dig into this. So, what is Martina's yeah. superpower, and what's the opposite of Martina? I, I don't know. Being really loud and hyper and really fast, <laughs> and like multitasking all the time, and like you know. But then I guess like the opposite of me would be like I don't know, like a turtle, and like a very <laughs> quiet, introverted, 
like retrospective overthinker. I don't really think I just do. So I'm like, I think someone who's like, like, you know, like, I don't know. But I was thinking like, if there's like me, is there the opposite of me out there? An anti-Martina. about that. An anti-Martina, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, whoa, but I, I love it. I love the comics. I like, like Samuel, what was his name again? Samuel, Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson, Bruce, yes, Bruce Willis. And like, I don't know, it's just so crazy. I, I love the movies. I loved Unbreakable. I love Split. But doesn't, have you watched um, Primal Fear back in the day with Edward Norton? Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, well. that was like a twist ending. But then when I thought, when I thought of Split, I'm like, whoa, I think of Primal Fear also. Like, yeah, there's just a lot of mm-hmm. like connections. Yeah. So when you, uh, what was it? I don't know, maybe about a week or two ago when you suggested, oh, we got to do Glass. I, was that the first time you'd seen the movie or had you seen it when it first came out? Yeah. Oh, so you no, hadn't that seen was it up the first until time. Then. Like I, I just finished watching it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to like text Colin. Colin, I just finished watching Glass for the first time in my entire life, and this movie is like phenomenal. And like, I love sci-fi. Like, I love X Men. I love Marvel. I love superheroes. Like, you know, I dressed up a storm once for like Halloween with like the oh, white wow. wig, white contacts, black dress, and cape. Um, I homemade, but I was just like, I just I love the fact that like it just kind of incorporates like, like, yeah, the first two movies, like Unbreakable and then mm-hmm. Split and then the trilogy. And then it just kind of wraps it up in a neat little bow at the end. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I just, I love that. Yeah. Now, one interesting thing about Unbreakable is that uh, you mentioned like X-Men. Really at the time Unbreakable yeah. came out, that was all there was for superhero movies because Unbreakable 2000, it comes out. And now we're yeah. sort of living in this era where there's superhero movies every other week. I mean, in some cases, more than one time a week, if you're looking at like Disney Plus as well. But in 2000, yeah. X-Men had come out only a couple months before Unbreakable. And really, Unbreakable was getting made. It was probably already finished filming by the time X-Men came out. So M. Night Shyamalan was sort of ahead of his time with this uh, superhero concept. And now, like 19 years later, I mean, it just it felt so much more relevant to have glass mm-hmm. be able to combine that with split and even split, you know, I remember seeing that the first time and obviously not knowing somehow having the spoiler uh, held off that it was connected to mm-hmm. unbreakable. And when you're mm-hmm. thinking you're just watching a movie about a guy who has all these multiple personalities and then there's that big reveal. It's like, no, it's a guy with multiple personalities who actually is a supervillain. you know, uh, it's just something that's totally unexpected. I think, uh, with other I'm not, I'm not Shyamalan movies, you know, he always has that big surprise twist. And I'm excited to get to the big surprise twist at the end of this one. But Unbreakable was, I think, one of those surprise M. Night Shyamalan twists that really worked. Where you, just like Split, you think you're watching a movie about a guy who just can't get mm-hmm. hurt. And then all of a sudden you realize, no, this is a superhero story. And that's sort of the big surprise mm-hmm. of Unbreakable and Split. So, I mean, did you see it coming when you saw either of those first two movies that these guys were going to actually have real powers that so this wasn't just a thing in their minds? No, I had no idea. When I watched Unbreakable, I had no expectations. I'm like, oh, let's just watch this, see what happens. And I was like, whoa. And like, I actually know someone like in real life who was born with like brittle bone disease. Like mm-hmm. um, growing up, she was in the hospital a lot and like you couldn't hold her. You had to hold her a certain way or like, you know, she was in the hospital a lot and she still, she still has the condition now. And she's older. She's an adult. She's a friend's uh, sibling of mine. And I was just like, that's so crazy that, you know, people are born with like bone disease where mm-hmm. they're so brittle that if you hold them or carry the, them the wrong way, you can break their ribs mm-hmm. or like you can break their bones so easily, like if they fell or something. And I was thinking like, 
you know, if, if I had to live a life like that, that would be so excruciating. It'd be so frustrating. It'd be so debilitating. And, you know, to have a superpower, you know, what they said in the movie was like, every superpower has like a kryptonite. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, Mr. Glass, his was like, he has really brittle bones. He's broken his bones like over 90 times, but he's like this crazy mastermind. Like, Mm -hmm. what's that? Like two little mice blinky in the brain or something. Pinky in the brain. Having that. Yeah. Like, like, I was thinking that is so crazy. Like you have this ingenious mind, but then you have this like, body that just continuously fails you like how frustrating would that be but then with like Bruce Willis like he's like this indestructible man you know like but then he's he he drowns easily and that's terrifying for me like you know I've been swimming most of my life because I have asthma the doctor told my mom no you need to put Martina in swimming lessons so she could build up her lung muscles because she has asthma and I was just thinking oh my god that'd be so terrifying to like drown or like Mm -hmm. have this condition where you just swallow water like when you're just near it or something but you know if you could have any superpower would it want would you want to be super strong would you want to be like crazy smart or I think for me I'd want to be fast because like Mm -hmm. when I was on Amazing Race Canada I was the slowest out of 20 like when I walked into that room and I saw all the other like racers I'm like oh crap I'm like (laughs) the shortest and like the the most curvy or chubbiest and also the slowest person in the room because like if you actually meet happy and chewy they're like both six foot four mm-hmm. and like i'm only five foot and a half, like five foot one and a half i sometimes lie and say i'm five two because i'm lazy but i'm just like <laughs> like but i would love to be fast you know like you know, I, I, or like be really strong like yeah i'm not very strong i can't even like really do a plank very well or like i i don't even know how to do a pull-up you know what i mean i'm just but yeah, it's just so crazy. Like Bruce Willis is like this indestructible man. And like, you know, he doesn't even figure it out. And then he lies about it for the love mm. of his life. Like, it's not crazy. Like, no, I don't want to live this, lose this woman. I coincidentally was in this car accident. I want to fake an injury. How do you even fake an injury? I don't know. You know, a, a lot crazy. of people are collecting disability right now doing exactly that. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but like kind of the twist endings, like, I love movies with twist endings. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when, whenever I look at Bruce Willis, I think of Looper. Have you watched the movie oh, yeah. Looper? Love them. We just watched it just a couple like, weeks ago again. Oh. Yeah, I was like, Bruce Willis, Looper, Looper, Looper. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just the twist. End- but, you know, I have, a, I have a question for you about the ending. Like, mm-hmm. can I ask you? Yeah, go for it. Why? Why does Mr. Glass reveal himself at the end of Unbreakable to David Dunn? Like, he, he ends up getting like imprisoned in like this criminally insane like jail or prison or hospital mm-hmm. for his mass murders to find him to find his purpose like I'm not a mistake like you know if there's me there has to be you and like you know this like I'm not a mistake like he needs to find this purpose in finding this man by killing a bunch of people which I did not see coming at all like yeah. totally whoa like over my head like whoa like did that just really happen but why reveal himself like why not just keep that to himself until he dies so, I mean, that would make sense, but the common answer, this is going to be three weeks in a row that we're going to have the same question uh, posed. We did it with the Karate Kid. <clears throat> we did it with this something about Mary. Uh, we wouldn't have a movie if we didn't. I think that's the only simple answer. We would not have glass. So M. Night Shyamalan's reasoning is probably, oh, you know what? 19 years from now, I'm going to resurrect this guy. I'm going to make a sequel out of it. Because it really, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it doesn't benefit him. Other than, I guess, comic books. The, the villain always reveals their master plan 
you know, thinking, well, it's usually before they're about to kill the superhero or whatever, but do you have a favorite superhero? Is it Storm? Uh, yeah, I, I, I like Storm. I like um, Jean the Phoenix. Oh, yeah. You know, from X-Men and, you know, uh, who else? Like Supergirl, I guess. Oh, I love um, Supergirl. Yeah, super. I'm just, I just started watching it because like my mm-hmm. student was like, I asked her, what should I watch on Netflix? I don't know what to watch now. And she's like, you should watch Supergirl. So I'm on season two right now. It's like, I've been watching it every day. I watched like 20 episodes of season one and I'm like now I'm on season two, but I love Supergirl. Like I have it on while I'm folding laundry, while I'm cooking, while I'm cleaning the bathroom. Well, not when I'm vacuuming because I can't hear it, but You're like watching it you know, right like, now. I just have it on the yeah it's on the background <laughs> yeah you go like, you go super girl go put on those glasses <laughs> yeah i love it but it's so crazy like i just i just love it i just i i, I love i love twist endings i love sci-fi mm-hmm. i love like this concept of superheroes or people who are you know above average you know mm-hmm. like to be so smart actually i don't think i'd want to be too smart because i heard if you're like really smart you can, it can be quite lonely because you have no one to relate to or like yeah. to like Emphasize. I, I like, have that very lonely guy you, yeah you you can't relate to your wife or your four-year-old kid no or... well my four-year-old no, oh, kid's dear. already smarter than me so i at least relate to one person oh. in this house <laughs> actually no my my four-year-old i mean he's he's going to be that super intelligent because he taught himself how to read and write when he was three years old so no assistance. That from is him. amazing. Yeah, he's going to be Mr. Glass. Oh. Let's, let's hope without the terrorism, Mr. but he's going to be Mr. Glass. Yeah. I <laughs> but, know, that's uh, so crazy. Um, I, one interesting thing about this movie is that it, it took so long, because I remember after Unbreakable came out, maybe not right away, but it could have been after Signs or some other M. Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, Shyamalan said, yeah, we're working on a sequel. We want to make this. And it just, it never got made. And uh, I guess one of the main reasons is because the movie didn't make as much money as the studio thought, even though it had this huge following oh. and people wanted it. The studio just said, yeah. no, we can't make this. And, and it was Disney owned the Unbreakable franchise, uh, a separate yeah. studio. I can't even uh, see what it is right now had made Split. Now, Shyamalan uh, had taken Split, the character, the, the crumb character from the Unbreakable script. Originally, Unbreakable included mm-hmm. Kevin Crumb as a character and he cut him before they filmed the movie. But years later, he's like, well, let me sort of take this and whether or not he had the intention of doing a backdoor thing. But these characters were always tied together back to the original drafts of Unbreakable. But then by the time he was making the movie, they were two separate studios. Now, you can't just say, let's include Bruce Willis in a post credit scene. So he kind of worked out this deal before it came out because he knew he wanted this to be the final uh, tr- the part of the trilogy glass that you would connect these two franchises. And when you got two separate uh, studios in charge, he's like, Oh, this is gonna be really tricky. So he self-finances the movie by himself. He cut a deal between Disney and the other studio and said, okay, we will, we'll let you share the profits. If you sort of let these characters come together. So sort of unprecedented. We even got this movie because it's hard enough to kind of bring these movies together, like the Avengers or the justice league when mm-hmm. it's all under one franchise and one studio. And now you got, 20 years separating them two completely different studios. And somehow I found a way to make this movie very quickly after split came out, which is just insane. Um, now, before we get into the movie here, uh, ask a little bit about the actors here. Uh, Bruce Willis, Samuel Jackson, James McAvoy. I mean, James McAvoy already right there. He's professor X. He's already been another superhero. Uh, Bruce Willis is John McClane. He's a superhero. Samuel Jackson is Nick Fury. He's a superhero. I mean, these guys, this is this is what they're used to. These are our modern day superheroes, this cast. 
Yeah, they're so great. I love it. If you could, oh, I have, I have to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. If you could have any superhero powers, what would you be? Uh, and like, see, who do you look up to? I mean, Superman's my favorite superhero of all time, um, easily. Yeah. But uh, I've always said I would want to fly. Like as a kid, I would have dreams of flying. And that's what I always wanted to do. But like after seeing this movie, it sounds wrong, but I kind of want to be Mr. Glass. <laughs> I want to be able to outsmart everybody. And, you know, no matter what situation I'm in, be able to have an answer for it. Like, yeah, I think, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm already there. I, I got the super intelligence. You, you what would you not have? Okay. So I'll go with the flight. Yes, I'll go with the flight. <laughs> yeah. Flight and super, like super mind, like super genius. Yeah. I want to be Lex Luthor and Superman combined. Oh, that's so crazy. That's amazing. That would be really great. They should they should come up with that superhero and call him <laughs> Colin. They should. There we go. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mr. Yeah, right? Col- First name, get- Mr. Last name, Colin. <laughs> exactly. And it has to have a twist. What would be your twist at the ending? You need a twist. Like, uh, I don't know. Oh, that's a good well, I mean, this, mm-hmm. I, I got your- the secret identity, podcaster by day, superhero by night. So uh, the twist that his son <laughs> is smarter and faster and flies better than him <laughs> and he's, not a, much he, he's like a, a villain he's a villain that's right and like, yeah you're, and you're the superhero yeah it's father oh, versus great. son for the sequel there you go we got our own universe and then uh, and what the- is it oh, multitasker loud martina comes in <laughs> to save the day in the end <laughs> now, now side note before we get into the movie here i mean yeah. mm-hmm. was there anybody on amazing race canada who was a better multitasker or louder than you <laughs> No, I was definitely the loudest person out of 20. That's for sure. (laughs) I I don't think anyone was louder than me. And I cheered for everyone else. Like the Mm -hmm. producers are like, other people are like, why are you cheering for other teams? I'm like, I want everyone to win. And they're like, you know, there can be only one winner, like one team that can win. I'm like, yeah, but I like everyone winning. And they're like, "Uh, that's not how the game works. I'm like, yeah, that's how I want it to work. Now, yeah. I know you weren't cheering but, for the other contestants on Taste of the Race because there was only one and it was your brother. Oh, <laughs> that was just my brother. <laughs> oh, that was so much fun. Like, I never knew. Like, my dream was to always be on a cooking show. My brother's dream was always to be on Amazing Race Canada. Mm-hmm. So we kind of got both got to fulfill our dreams through each other. So mm-hmm. I was just like, wow. And I just recently applied for the great canadian baking show but i don't know if i'll get on i'm not the strongest baker but like i really do enjoy baking i actually really enjoy eating so that kind of works out too (laughs) but um (laughs) i might have to sharpen my baking skills before i get on that show or you can um, be a judge yeah oh i would love to be a judge i heard um what's that guy from shit's creek what's that uh what's that guy's name david something david uh, dan levy dan levy yeah 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 He's a chef. I just want to meet him. He he's so cool. I want to meet him. But yeah, I don't know. What was your question again? I thought, I, thought you to, I, <laughs> I think it was just anybody louder or better multitasker than you. Oh yeah, no, 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 not not at all. I was there you like go. The so, loudest. Yeah, but that was I, your I was I wasn't the fastest. I was not the fastest. I think my brother was pretty smart. I'm okay, but yeah, I was more like the cheerleader. Like everybody, let's do this, you know? <laughs> or like, where are the potatoes? I don't know. Well, but, um, you yeah. cheered three teams past you for the win. <laughs> I know, like we. It was so much fun, though. I love it. I love it. But oh, so you know what? I agree with you. the The answer to the question that I asked you about why did Mr. Glass reveal himself? Yeah, you're right. It had to lead to that to go mm-hmm. to split, and then from split 
to go to glass. But I didn't know that Unbreakable and Split were from like two different like companies, like different like studios. So to have Bruce Willis come in in the end and say like, Mr. Glass at the end of that scene in a like coffee shop or cafe, I didn't know that he had to work that in. That would have been difficult because, you know, I guess like, what are they called? Those companies, uh, the studios, the the rivals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it was so good. It was like so good with like the 24 personalities, the horde and like, you know, the beast. It's just so crazy. How did they? How did they change him from a regular guy into the beast? Like, was it like? Yeah, I'm curious about called? that. Like, like computer, computer generation, like CGI, or was it like? Was he? Did he put on a suit? Like, it's so I don't know. subtle. Like, that was I, really cool. I think the veins is what sells it. I think uh, most of it's probably yeah, James McAvoy, but yeah, you see the the bulging yeah. veins and everything. That that maybe is digitally altered, yeah. but. I think it's just him as an actor because oh, one of the interesting things is Samuel Jackson. I mean, this is a guy who's been nominated for multiple Academy Awards. Uh, Samuel Jackson yeah. basically made a comment saying, "Like, I, I consider myself to be a good actor, but when I was mm. in a scene with James McAvoy, like, I felt like such an amateur. Like, James McAvoy upstages everybody in this movie, <laughs> and you know that's saying a lot because you got Samuel Jackson, you got Sarah Paulson in this movie. Oh, and not, the other yeah. one was they brought back uh, the the girl from Split, Anya Taylor Joy, who um, was recently yeah, in the Casey, new Casey yeah. Cook. Yeah, and she was in the New Mutants, so she's a superhero outside of this franchise. Forget about that. She's in the Queen's Gambit. Have you watched that show yet? Oh, my God. The Queen's Gambit is amazing. Oh, my yes. God. I love that movie. Oh, my gosh. It was, like, so good. It was so good. I'm not much uh, of a binge watcher. Like, I'm not going to get through 20 episodes in a day. I mean, for me, no, binge watching. that, too. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, two to three episodes in a day is a lot for me. For, mo- mo- for me, binge yeah. watching is I'll watch one episode a day, and it'll take me a week and a half to get through the series. Queen's Gambit, I finished mm-hmm. an entire series in one sitting. Like, that's how good it is. And I'm, yeah, I'm going to say it, it right now. Oh, so good. You know, this organization that uh, everybody, uh, Sarah Paulson, everybody's around 10,000 years mm-hmm. I'm gonna guess that uh the Queen's Gambit character was on their radar in the 60s because she's got a superpower in that show too it's chess but oh, she's yeah. got a superpower we're connecting more universes here Queen's Gambit's part of the I unbreakable universe it's so good yeah Casey Cook and then Jay- James McAvoy like it's his face like his face mm-hmm. is so like so expressionful like like the fact that he goes from like a child to a beast to a woman like Patricia to Dennis to like Barry, um, Kevin, like Hedwig, his face <laughs> my just favorite. changes and Hedwig, like the nine year old, oh my gosh, like <laughs> roller skating and like I just I just couldn't believe it. It's just, I think it's like his big eyes. I don't mm-hmm. know, like it's just so good he was so great yeah they were all so and like the dissociative identity disorder the horde like Mm -hmm. it's so crazy and like the first solo supervillain origin movie just like i love like you know it's almost like um he was a bit of like he was a bit of like a genius yeah you're right ahead of your time like even with six cents like Mm-hmm. Sixth Sense, like I did not see that coming at the end. Like I yeah. totally thought he was alive the entire. I was like, he's dead. What are you talking about? The little boy sees dead people, and like <laughs> the dead person just walks around pretending he's alive and he doesn't know he's dead. And I'm just like, what? That is. And then I'm thinking, even when I watched um, Glass, I'm like, that sun looks like the sun from Sixth Sense. And then I googled. I'm like, dumb, Martina. Like those are the <laughs> same characters from Six Sense. I'm like, oh, like it took me. A, I actually had to Google it. I'm like, why does that 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 sound look so familiar? I see dead people. I'm like, oh, yeah. I did not see. I like twist endings. They're they're the best. Twist oh. endings are so awesome. Have you watched a lot of other of Shyamalan's movies? Like some of his less. I mean, Signs. I'm sure everybody's seen Signs. That's probably my favorite of his, but. 
some of his other ones, the vis- there was the visit. Well, Signs was the one with Mel Gibson with the the kids, the aliens coming. They're living on a farm. Oh, you gotta watch Signs. Oh, I don't think I saw There's that. There's guest that. host month number two where we bring everybody back on and I pick the movie. You gotta watch Signs. You're gonna love that one. Oh, okay, okay. I'll watch Signs. I'll watch Signs. There was also the, the visit that M. Night Shyamalan did where it was like these two kids who go to their grandparents' house and it's kind of done like found footage where the kids are filming with camcorders. But the okay. grandparents are involved in some type of like cult. It's almost like Rosemary's Ooh. baby grandparents visiting or grandkids visiting their grandparents. Some of his other ones, mm-hmm. not so good. Like The Happening, that was with Mark Wahlberg where everybody starts dying. Got a terrible ending. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't worry, don't we're not covering Avoid it, avoid it at all costs. But, oh, okay, we avoid it, avoid it. Yeah, avoid but, it, but when, when Shyamalan's on, he's really on. And we've mentioned the good ones here. Yeah. Uh, well, let's kind of jump into the- about- Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, really quick question. Did mm-hmm. you ever watch Raising Cain when you were younger? I don't know how old you are, but I'm 43. But I remember when I was like in elementary school or like early high school, I watched this movie on TV called Raising Cain. I watched a lot of TV growing up. Is that John Lithgow? Um, oh, it's that guy. It's that, uh, what's that guy? He was in Third He's Rock in that... from the Sun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that guy. Mm-hmm. So, so did you watch it? I. You know, it's so, funny. I, I was... A... I, I'm a couple of years younger than you, but I think I was also in school when that movie came out. And I remember uh, um, it was on pay-per-view and pay-per-view had just sort of become a thing. Mm-hmm. So my mom was renting pay-per-view movies every week, basically any movie that was on pay-per-view and Raising Cane was one of them. And I was probably maybe 10 years old when I saw that movie. And I just remember being like, yeah. I have no idea what's going on, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> I know I watched it. I was like this, people can have split personalities. And I was mm-hmm. thinking, do I have a split personality <laughs> that I don't know of? Like, what? Like, I think that was like the first time I was ever introduced with the concept of split personality. And then watching Primal Fear and then watching Split, I'm like, all these like kind of movies that are kind of connected with like split personalities. And it's all due to trauma or like triggers. And if you notice with like all three movies, there are triggers that trigger these people to become who they are the way that they are. And I was mm-hmm. like, whoa you need to go to counseling these people need to go counseling here's what i'm finding the yeah. funniest the funniest thing about this so you watched unbreakable yeah. you thought to yourself is there an anti-martine out there when you watch raising cane is like do i have a split personality how many other movies can we show you to make you question your own sanity <laughs> mm, like mm. even with glass i'm like oh are there people out there with, with like superpowers that i don't know of but then the government hides them because they don't want to scare me Hmm. and then i always wonder like are there aliens i don't know because <laughs> oh, i've the, never seen them you you that's because you haven't seen signs yet <laughs> when you see signs you will believe. yeah i have oh okay okay maybe i'll watch that next time i'll watch it tomorrow <laughs> oh we're gonna have a lot well, of fun tonight. with this well d- watch oh, it tonight okay. and then report back to me we'll record it next week <laughs> oh, okay okay sounds great <laughs> now jumping into glass here we'll kind of just go through uh this movie scene by scene. Now this movie is way faster paced than I remembered. Uh, I think on, between all the movies, Unbreakable is probably like the, the slowest, not slow in a bad way, but mm. it's very moody. And this one, it's so mm. quick fire, but yet it still has like this mood about it. But uh, a lot of this is going to be kind of jumping all over the place. But as soon as we get right in, Patricia's mm-hmm. the first character we're introduced to, which is just kind of like a cold mm-hmm. open to the movie offering these teenage girls, these cheerleaders who are chained up there, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Now, I, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure on the timeline of this, so I looked it up and apparently Glass is supposed to take place only three weeks after the end of Split. So I thought this would be like a year or two later. Oh. 
this is like immediately after split ends. So uh, Bruce Willis in that post credit scene, you know, he's immediately on the case here. Uh, so the, the first thing we see in the movie is uh, a bunch of teenagers who are just attacking a guy in the street mm-hmm. and filming it. And uh, when they go back mm-hmm. home, they're just watching these videos and the lights go out in the house. And the first thing I was thinking is that this was at, it wasn't going to be Bruce Willis introduced. I thought this was going to be James McAvoy. Mm-hmm. This was going to be one of his personalities coming in. But instead, we got the poncho, mm-hmm. the classic uh, shadow poncho from Unbreakable Bruce Willis uh, coming in and... Um, it's all done in the shadows. Don't have to know exactly what happened. And then he goes to a security company where we get the same son from unbreakable, which was such a nice surprise. Uh, and I love that they're, they're talking about <laughs> the, the names he has on the internet. Cause I don't know, you watched uh, unbreakable probably a half a dozen times since uh, you said, let's do split mm-hmm. <laughs> a week ago, but uh, yeah. <laughs> did they have a name for him in that movie? Cause I didn't get it. Ch- I didn't get around to rewatching it, but here they sort of say, oh, they're calling you the overseer mm-hmm. now. It's better than the tiptoe man. And I can't remember if they oh, even yeah. had officially because it's sort of like, what is it? The green, it's not the green poncho, the green something. Green guard. They call yeah, him the, the green, green guard. guard overseer or yeah, the tiptoe man. Mm-hmm. I don't remember them calling calling him anything in Unbreakable. unbreakable. Yeah, because it was I late in the remember. movie where they kind of pull the superhero thing in there, I guess. Yeah, even like that last scene where like he goes to help that family where like, that janitor from I guess like it's like Central Station or whatever Mm -hmm. in New York he follows him to the house you know what I was thinking when that guy's like oh I like your house let me in I'm like why did you open the door like don't (laughs) open the door you're the father you're supposed to protect the family don't open the door to strangers like I learned that as a kid do not open the door for strangers just yell at them through the door like do not open the door like you know what that's, I mean? That's Even like the horror movie thing. Glass, don't don't run upstairs if there's somebody in the house. Run and hide. Yeah. Yeah. And like even like in the beginning when you're saying like you know the teenagers like they they hit someone they're inside and then you don't know who's entering and like they hear like the door open the faucet going in my mind I'm like run like yeah exactly if I heard something down the hallway I would just jump out my balcony onto that tree <laughs> outside and just take my dog with me I'm like I'm not gonna go investigate I'm just out of here like dude like I hear something down the hallway I'm gonna just <laughs> jump I'm just jumping out of my place like I'm not gonna go suss stuff out like call them like if I came home and my door my door was busted open I'm not gonna go see if they've stolen nothing. I'm gonna <laughs> run the opposite direction and call nine one one. You know, you know. I just I don't know why they're oh we're gonna go in and like super hit you and like yeah go hit him go hit him and like there's like a shuffle in the kitchen and the guy's like oh no it's you I'm like well who did you think it was gonna be a raccoon like, yeah, come on, like, yeah <laughs> the raccoon out. decided like, to hit the lights first. <laughs> And then turn on the switch. And I'm like, there was a window to your right. Why don't you just jump out the window? But I guess there's like free, like, you know, there's fight, freeze, no fight, fight, fight or flight flight and freeze. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then there's also freeze. And I guess they, like that guy just kind of froze like in the corner of the house. I'm like, don't go around hitting people, man. That's not cool. Don't go (laughs) and filming it. Random people and filming it and uploading it on YouTube. I didn't know that the movie was three weeks after Split. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. But it kind of makes sense. It's like, okay, well, this happened. And then, you know, the horde escaped. I got to go save the world and find this guy. So that, that, yeah. And I find it really bizarre, like, how they have to sacrifice, like, like young girls mm-hmm. to, to the beast. It's almost like, you know, like, back in the day, the gods, they would, like, sacrifice a maiden so they'd have yeah. better crops or better time in the sea or, like, 
don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, like, that's very ritualistic. Like, yeah, very culty, ritualistic, very terrifying and yeah, it's so bizarre. Well, the, yeah, every word is, I just want to say every word is being put in quotes by Martina right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, Ugh, you know? but, um, it's I'm creepy like, and disgusting. Creepy. Yeah, just run. Like if you hear something in your house, don't go suss it out. Just run and call 911. <laughs> like I've probably called 911 like five or 10 times. Like whenever I see a car accident <laughs> or like whenever I see someone hurt or like whenever, you know, because I'd rather... I'd rather call and be wrong, but then not call and be wrong. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? I don't know if that makes any sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. My so wife's calling 911 like, if there's, like, if there's a spider on the wall, my wife's calling 911. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that was, yeah. So I didn't know if it was going to be, I didn't know if it was going to be the overseer, green guard, or if it was going to be the beast. Oh, yeah. The yeah. beast is so scary. Well, because it would make sense, too. I mean, he's he's out there. He's kind of a vigilante, too. You know, he's looking to attack yeah. people, especially young people. We got these kids. Obviously, we've seen he'll kidnap girls. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was kind of a nice mm-hmm. surprise that you get the, the Bruce Willis character introduced right away. And then uh, the, the security yeah. uh, firm that he's running, you know, he's still he's still doing well. We don't really know what Dunn yeah. has been up to since Unbreakable 20 years later. But he's a successful guy. His <laughs> son's working for him, you know family business and all yeah. that uh the sun's basically I, I i mean every show has the one techie character i mean you're watching supergirl so mm-hmm. this is um um oh who's the guy in supergirl who does this he's uh oh i don't know i see his face i see win is his name yeah win yeah if, if, you, yeah, if you're not win. there yeah. yet he's, he's gonna he's gonna have a big character art coming up i won't spoil it for you oh, yeah, he's but in season two. yeah don't yeah. say anything mm. he's he's this guy is the son is win <laughs> he he's got all the computer if you yeah. remember kind of smallville the character of chloe on smallville was the same thing mm. the one who's you know mapping everything out okay these are where all the uh, abductions are taking place and we got this triangle and within yeah. this triangle there's gonna be this other triangle over here at least got everything figured out where they should be looking for him so dunn's on the case <laughs> Uh, and, mm-hmm. um, uh, he also mentions that the police are looking for him now. So, I mean, it's taken 19 years mm-hmm. and everybody's on to the overseer, like a little mm-hmm. while for them to really catch up to this. Uh, <laughs> but I, I also like that these missing teenage girls, Hedwig talking to like Hedwig is probably my favorite. I'd be torn between Hedwig and Patricia. Yeah between which one's the mm-hmm. best. I think most people would say that. But Hedwig, who mentions, I had a girlfriend once, and we know he's talking about Casey from the first one. <laughs> yeah, Casey Cook, yay! Not exactly a girlfriend, <laughs> but in his mind, nine-year-old it is. He even says, we kissed. Like, that's how you know it's her. Yeah, we kissed. And I then he goes, remember what? that scene in the bed. No big yeah. deal. <laughs> no big deal. I kissed a girl. Back in the- that was the most awkward <laughs> kiss. Did you watch that? Yeah. The most awkward kiss. And then like she's like, Oh, let me see your window. And the window was a drawing on a paper. She's like, mm-hmm. she wanted that window to escape. And I'm like, yeah. oh, Casey. Yeah, the disappointment. Oh, but yeah. Oh, Hedwig is so cute. And I like Patricia too. I agree. I don't particularly like Dennis or the Beast, but mm-hmm. they're all good characters. They're all good characters. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, M. Night Shyamalan mm-hmm. has a cameo here. I mean, I don't know if you recognize that this is M. Night Shyamalan, the guy who's talking to the son right when they're closing up shop and he says, Hey, I recognize you. Did you ever work at a football stadium? That's the director. I'm night Shyamalan, but he cameos. I that. Well, I was going to ask you about this because you saw Unbreakable recently. He cameos in all of his own movies. Like every M night Shyamalan movie will have an M night Shyamalan cameo. And apparently this character is the same character oh. that he cameoed as in um, Unbreakable at a football stadium. 
which I haven't oh. watched the movie recently enough to realize. But did you remember the scene that took place there? Did he have an altercation with a guy who looked yeah. like this guy? Yeah, I think so. At the stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I remember he took like Mr. Glass to the stadium and then put him like not in the nosebleed like, section so he mm-hmm. can get spit on. But I think like, um, yeah, the, the director was there. I yeah, think so you're right. This is, he's, he's reprising oh. his role too. One of what a handful of people get to reprise their roles. But I guess uh, just sort of what yeah. I read and I, and I wanted, I was ready to watch Unbreakable. I'm probably going to watch it tonight. So we'll do a redo of this <laughs> next time when we talk about science. Yeah. Uh, confirm this, but what about uh, Split though? Was uh, he in Split? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I wonder who he played in Split because at that point, was it supposed to be the same movie or not? I don't know. Um, I'll look it up. Or was uh, he like one of the zookeepers? Maybe it was one of the zookeepers. I don't know. Who yeah, knows? but he, he'll he'll appear in all of his own movies. But that would kind of complicate things because he did know when he made Split that this was going to be connected to Unbreakable. So is his character supposed to be the same, or or did he just choose not to have a cameo in that? I don't know. Um, but yeah, oh. M. Night Shyamalan, I love, love that he has that, uh, um, that, that, that little moment where he's not only saying that he recognizes him or whatever, but he's arguing about, you know, let your dad go take a walk. <laughs> no dad, yeah, you don't need to go for a, a walk. walk. <laughs> no, you're tired. No, no. Take a walk tomorrow, dad. Yeah. Let your dad go. Let him go. He's an adult. He can, he can take care of his own. He's a grown you man. Don't understand kid. What a walking... Yeah. You don't understand what a walk means, man. You don't know what yeah. it means. <laughs> Yeah, because a walk to done is something very different, which basically means he's going to stalk and, you know, probably do some vigilante justice out there and you know, commit some crimes. I mean, it is a crime, like, even though he's doing good or whatever. But while mm-hmm. he's out on his walk, he bumps into a little somebody. Now, mm-hmm. he's looking for, he's communicating with his son, Joseph, over the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're about to call it a day. He's like, yeah, you know, I haven't seen anything. And then he bumps into Hedwig on the street. And of course, when he bumps into somebody, he gets the like a spidey sense is the way that you'd uh, compare mm-hmm. it. And he sort of sees flashes of these girls. So he's like, this might be the guy I have to follow. So uh, it all kind of leads to them investigating this red clay that he saw. Okay. And there's this, this old factory. Was this supposed to be like a brick factory or something like that? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they determine this is where you're probably going to find this guy. Uh, going into this movie, I didn't expect, I, I don't even remember much from the trailers. I just remember it being split meets unbreakable and uh, okay, take my money. I'm in, you know, <laughs> not even bother what the story <laughs> take was. Take my money. Yeah, take yeah. it <laughs> and take it for the just next showing too. <laughs> yeah. But you know, we can't do that right now due to COVID. Like you can't oh, go yeah. and touch people by accident, but you might get the COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say yeah. it's it's sad for me because when they reopen theaters, I don't know what it's like in BC, but then when they reopen theaters mm-hmm. here, I think it was in August or September of last year, I've never felt oh, more yeah. comfortable anywhere during this pandemic. Like it was the most secure, cleanest facility. I mean, there's so much they can control the distance. So, I mean, I'm, I I want movie theaters open again, please. I got to be able to see this. I, I want to see something. I want to see yeah, Kong Godzilla. I want to see, I'll go see anything in the theater. I'll go see yeah, me too. M. M. Night Shyamalan's worst movie, <laughs> the, the Happening. I'll oh, go no. See that. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to do that too. I want to go back to movie theaters. Yeah. There's a really nice one near my house at Park Royal Mall. It's like brand new. Mm-hmm. They have like reclining seats and like a oh, tray yeah. to put your food and drinks on. It's really fancy schmancy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you pay a premium yeah. and it's worth it. Money. Yeah. Uh, but That's uh, so crazy. with. Um, 
with this movie here, I think the big surprise for me mm-hmm. was that we get this first fight scene. It's probably only 10, not even 15 minutes into the movie because Bruce Willis goes right to this factory, finds the cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. Again, he's sort of in the shadows. You're like, oh, they're thinking is this Hedwig? Is this Dennis? Who is this? It's one of the personalities. But no, he's just there to rescue them. We get the first fight scene as we get the first reveal of the beast. As it's happening, I guess, before that, we saw a quick shot of the beast meeting up with some homeless guys in some underground tunnel somewhere. We know what's going to happen there. Uh, but this first fight scene is just uh, kind of a, a brief tease of what we're going to get later. Ends in them toppling through a window. When they get outside, we've got the police surrounding them immediately. Like, they don't even have a chance. we got the doctor there, so Sarah Paulson uh, gets introduced. Did you ever watch her in American Crime Story, the O.J. Simpson uh, show? No, but I want to watch it now. Yeah, watch it. Like She's a great. Show about O.J. Simpson. Yeah, she plays Whoa. the um, the attorney. I wasn't a Marsha Clark, the prosecutor. <gasps> Marsha Clark. Oh yeah, and she's yeah, amazing I, as Marsha Clark. Really, I just remember that when that happened. I think it was like 1995. 19, yeah, mm-hmm. 1995 or 1996. I was at UBC taking Economics 100, and my professor at the time was like this really well-renowned like um, dog psychiatrist or dog psychologist. I can't remember. And no, he was like, not economic. It was psychology 100. It was psychology 100. And he was asked by the OJ Simpson trial, like, Hey, can you come down to LA? Can you assess the dog that witnessed the crime? And he's like, Nope, don't want to be on TV. Nope. Staying away from that. But like every time he came onto the lecture stage, he always brought a different dog. Mm -hmm. So like, I think I had him at 8.30 in the morning, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, from September to December. And he was like, Psychology 100. I can't remember his name, though. Like, if you Googled it, you'd remember. You, you'd, And he always had, like, the funniest outfits. Like, he had a handkerchief, like, on his, like, neck. And he's like, I don't know. He kind of looked like a safari man. He sounds like, like a, a comic book like, character. Like, and he kind of reminded me of, like, Santa Claus. I don't know. Like, a bald Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus had, in like, a safari, safari outfit talking to dogs. Yeah, with, like, a handkerchief. And like how like and he had a dog and he was yeah, it was psychology one hundred at UBC and like he's like, Yeah, I was asked to do this OJ's trial and like to assess the dog. And he's like, Nope, I'm staying away from that. No way, Jose. <laughs> but yeah, I wanna watch Sarah Paulson now in this OJ Simpson case. Oh, it's amazing. It? Dun, dun, dun. Actually, you don't have to tell me, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we you know what? We're yeah, creating our own comic book supporting cast here now because now your professor, Santa Claus in a safari outfit. To me, being able yeah. to talk to animals, we've got another character. So we're gonna create. We're gonna have to come up with a name oh, yeah. for this comic book by the end of this. Yeah, that'd be great. Amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like the fight scene. I can't believe that he can crawl on the wall. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're actually watching the video. Sometimes, like, like the the shot is actually upside down from the viewpoint of the mm-hmm. character, and he's like charging at the girls and you know the overseer, and he's like just charging at them, like crawling like a spider on the wall, on the ceiling. And I'm like, what is happening? And I feel so bad for the girls. But yeah, when he comes in, he, I guess like the overseer, like Bruce Willis's character, David Dunn, he has like this kind of like scary, ominous kind of like, mm-hmm. like kind of like presence. Like you don't but know if he's good. You don't know if he's bad. And like, you can't see his face. Yeah, he could have been like one of the personalities for sure. Yeah. He's, he's mm-hmm. the, the man lurking in the shadows. I mean, he, he arguably is creepier than any other personality. So these girls see him and they're like, oh, no, no, no. Let, let's bring one of those other guys back. Come on, bring bring Dennis back. <laughs> we like yeah, him. yeah. Or like Hegwig or like, yeah. yeah. Like so, but he, 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 but he is called the reluctant hero, right? Like he yeah. doesn't 
he he wants to be a hero, but he doesn't want to be a hero, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's kind of cool that he's in security and he has a security company with his son that's from his the cover. Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's his cover. What would be my cover? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you're already doing it, right? You're you're a, a, a oh. cooking instructor. Oh yeah, I'm a home economics teacher. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. <laughs> by day, superhero yeah. by night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, I also have dreams of flying. I also have dreams of flying. Oh, those are the like, best. When I'm flying, no, but uh, no, not always. But like my dreams of flying is I'm I'm flying parallel to the ground, but I can't go higher or lower. So like uh-huh. even though I want to land, I can't land. I'm just like parallel to the ground. I'm like, oh, so let me try going higher. And I'm like, oh no, if I go higher, I can't go lower. <laughs> so like, does that ever happen to you? Or like, I'll be in a room and I'll float to the ceiling. And I'm pushing the ceiling, trying to get back to the floor, but I can't. But then there's a door in the ceiling. So I just go through the hole, through the ceiling to another floor. I don't Your know. Your dreams that. are scary. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I'm very frustrated. I want to get to the floor, but I'm stuck on the ceiling. But maybe I should try running and just like bolt towards people like like the beast does on the ceiling. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Be more I'll like the beast. Time. That's what will help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, with, no, no. I, I love is, that reveal yeah. though in Split too, because I think that's the moment where you realize, yeah. no, no, this guy is real. Like there is something unusual about him. It's not just multiple personalities. Whereas where they reveal him as the beast and he's able to crawl on walls and stuff like that. But I think one of the clever things about this movie, I mean, we get introduced to the doctor here right away. Uh, and he's going to set up this premise of, you know, it might just be all in your guys' heads. And they make a pretty good case throughout this movie, which I think is what makes the middle section of the movie is so interesting. Uh, but uh, David uh, is having to tell his son over the communicator, don't worry about all the all right as he's basically getting arrested. Uh, they kind of get the the strobes. So this is where the strobes come into this movie that they can initiate mm-hmm. a new personality. And eventually they just keep saying, keep Kevin in the light or whatever. Uh, no one needs to get hurt anymore, David. It's okay. So they're trying to, again, viewing him as the villain, which you can kind of see, you know, <laughs> their point of view. Mm-hmm. I mean, vigilante out there, that's going to be scary too. Uh, but they go to this hospital and we get introduced to Sarah Paulson, Dr. Staples here, and she's got their trap. So this is the majority of the movie is going to take place in the hospital here as they've got David restrained by having all these water cannons built into the walls. So we know kryptonite mm-hmm. uh, for you is water. So we're going to drown you. And with uh, Kevin, it's the strobes that will force a new personality or that are motion detected. So anytime he goes near it, Mm-hmm. goes off new personality now, i love every time they use the strobes i love just watching james mcavoy in a single shot they don't even cut it's not like if they're filming this movie and he's doing patricia and they're like all right take a five minute break and come back as dennis you know it's not like that at all i mean he's no. he's in one shot as patricia and then in one shot as hedwig it's just crazy to watch this guy as an actor like you know I, i'm there's a lot of great performances out there but i mean i could make a good case for james mcavoy getting an oscar nomination for playing kevin in this movie along with everybody else. Um, but uh, after they're kind of put into the, the hospital here and they show how they're being restrained, we get uh, Casey being introduced to school as the counselor is telling her the news. Yeah, you know, we caught him, don't worry. So this actually, to me, makes a little bit more sense that uh, it's connected three weeks later because they're immediately mm. telling her, hey, we caught this guy. But then I'm also wondering, like, why is she in school already? I mean, if I went through this, I'm probably not going back to school for, I don't know, six months. <laughs> And she's living a regular life, you know, in her foster home, back in school. Like, she's a quick person to recover in this movie. Um, yeah, she just bounces back like that. Yeah, really quickly. 
Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, we get a couple more scenes of the, the personalities being forced and Patricia's asking the question, who's the guy in the poncho? Uh, and we also get introduced mm-hmm. to Mrs. Glass. So this is, uh, well, her name's not Mrs. Glass. It's uh, Mrs. <laughs> what, what's, what's uh, Mrs. Elijah? What's Elijah's last name in this movie? The real last name. Uh, that's a good question. Elijah. I don't know. Let's call her Mrs. Elijah... Glass. Mrs. Glass, Joseph Dunn, David Dunn, Dr. Audrey. Yeah, it doesn't say. It says Elijah, born with broken bones. I don't uh, see it. You're right. I don't know. I'm um, going to find it here. Mrs. Price. Uh, so his name's Elijah Price. She's Mrs. Oh, Price. Price. Elijah but Price. I'm going to call her Mrs. Glass. Because <laughs> I'm never going to oh, remember fine. Price. That's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. So- uh, they basically tell her, hey, you know, there's other people that we've captured or whatever. And uh, just kind of going through all the quick scenes here, setting up the stuff in the hospital. Uh, the doctor is basically telling David, we think that you suffered some brain damage in that train accident, which is causing you to think that you're a superhero. There's other people out there like this. Um, and uh, the scene where she's talking to Kevin and he's asking about, okay, the guy who fought the beast. You don't think he could beat the beast, do you? <laughs> the beast is like, ah! <laughs> Evan's like getting defensive of the beast here. Uh, and then yeah. uh, we get the final scene where I guess all the main characters are being introduced into this hospital setting where Joseph's coming to try to get David out. Now, I love that he's rehearsing in the car. Yeah. He's like, okay, so yeah. he's, just, he's just a trickster. He was just playing a game, right? And he goes in there and they're not buying. They're like, yeah, so you're saying he was on a cell phone and calling for help because he stumbled across this. You know, we found the microphone. We know that you were on the other yeah. line. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, he's not buying it at all. But uh, anything you want to add about all these these other three main characters being introduced here? Mrs. Glass, Casey, and Joseph. I love that all three of them have supporting, like, family members or, like, friends. Because mm-hmm. everybody needs a friend. I always tell my yeah. students in class, you know studies have shown at UBC that if you have one friend, just one friend um, from K to seven or from eight to 12 or in university, that can really um, improve your, your academic experience, like your experience in school, like you'll get better grades, you'll have better memories, you'll have better experiences, and you'll just enjoy your time more. And I love that, that, that the director, uh, M. Night Shyamalan, mm-hmm. ended up giving each character a supporting and loving um like act like character to help them like you know with the with the son with the mom with mm-hmm. the friend and you know Casey wants to be a good friend to Kevin because like they have something in common they mm-hmm. they were both traumatized you know the dad and the son you know they, they both lost the mom and the wife right mm-hmm. and then with like the mom and, and Mr. and Mrs. Glass like you know Mrs. Price like the mom and and, and Mr. Glass you know, Elijah you know they kind of share in that like brokenness like the hardship of having someone always in the hospital that's a lot of trauma like you know children who have parents who are sick most of their childhood they have a lot of ptsd from that so you know they're all kind of um connected through trauma and like mm-hmm. life is messy life is traumatic and you know people are connected through experiences and i think it's so important like even though that they're superheroes that they're above and beyond they're more than average people but deep down, we all want to be accepted. We all want to be validated. We all want to be loved. We all want to be, you know, just, um, you know, just cherished. And like mm-hmm. these people have someone who supports them in their lives. And I think it makes them more relatable, more real, and just shows that relationship is so important. 
And it also makes it a little bit more diversified. And there's a little bit more about the origin story. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Like a bit more backstory. Like these characters are not so flat. Oh, this guy's like super strong, but he, he drowns in water. Yeah. But he also has a wife and a kid and a kid who will, you know, I think, I don't know how old he is now, like maybe 20, 25. What do we, what did you know when you're 25? Like even <laughs> at 25, I was still like, I'm 43. And I'm like, I still don't know what, you know, like, but at 25, like he did the best that he could. Like mm-hmm. I could see myself, you know, I need to get my mom or my dad out of this like mental hospital. I'm going to also practice like even yeah. for this like <laughs> podcast, I made notes and I'm like, okay, I got to remember to say this. And like, you know, even like a couple times during this podcast, I forgot the name M. Night Shyamalan. So I have to like, look at my notes. So like I can be, he's a trickster. Like I can see myself doing that. Like I can see myself being the son and like, Rehearsing. You know, well, Joseph Dunn. Like I can see myself doing Joseph Dunn. Like or like Casey Cook. Like you know, I I got I got my uncle into prison. Like I did that. Like you know, like I, I'm trying to have a better life. Like just to clarify, Martina is speaking from yeah. Casey's point of view, not her own. If if she's got an uncle, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> really worried right yeah, now. Yeah. It's like what so, she knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Like so, Casey Cook and also you know Kevin, um, from Ke- Kevin. Uh, Crum, Crum. Wendell Crum or whatever like they, they've also had like trauma and like Casey's like look like I've, I've I did good you know like I and it's almost like Kevin helped her to do that I don't know like it's not good to be adopted abducted from a parking lot mm-hmm. or like you know trapped but like I think that was a catalyst for her to get you know the help that she needed and to get into foster care get into school get into you know get her uncle into prison so and even with like the mom, I think the mom really believes in the son. Like, yeah. I love how the mom, like, as a, as a teacher, I, I, I want intrinsic, um, not extrinsic factors getting my students to, to be better. You know, like, here, I'll give you a cookie if you clean your sink and do your dishes. Like, I don't want to do that. But, you know, there are, there are times where I, I have to do that. Like, I have to bribe a student to come to school. I have to bribe mm-hmm. a student to hand in their work you know so I can see how like the mom bribed her son who is so desperate so depressed so defeated because he keeps breaking himself every time he goes up she puts a present out there and the present is a comic book mm-hmm. and this is all based on comic books and I love that <laughs> you know but I can see myself like I can relate to like to some degree to each character I don't know if that makes any sense like, yeah. does that make sense to you like oh, yeah completely. that you like- can actually relate to the son and yeah like there's a lot of superhero movies now that are very grounded in reality. Like the, the Batman Begins trilogy would be a perfect example. Uh, but I think M. Night Shyamalan said with this movie, <laughs> with this movie, Shyamalan said he was going for the most grounded in reality superhero movie you ever made. And there's so many parts of that. And part mm-hmm. of it is just having these characters on the outside too, because even if, you can even connect that to just regular comic books. I mean, Superman's got Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen, you know, uh, Spider-Man yeah. has got, Peter Parker and Aunt May and they always have these little characters on the outside and I honestly I don't think that they would have nailed this genre as well if they didn't have Mrs. Glass and Casey and Joseph in this movie as well yeah I agree and I I love like Dr. Staples like Sarah Paulson like Mm -hmm. she does such a great job like you know if you ever meet doctors or count I'm not saying like all of the counselors or doctors are like this but like you know she has a very like calming demeanor but also like authoritative like Mm -hmm. do you believe that you have a delusion in grandeur like yeah believe that this could be all explained away and i'm like ooh, is she like 
gaslighting you or is she <laughs> yeah. giving you scientific background like you know like there's been times like Martina that's not what happened I'm like no that's what I remember mm, Martina are you sure it didn't go like this I'm like no I remember it this way and I, that's how I remember it I'm like I don't know where you were in this in this story but but it's so easy to like kind of like well you know those bars were kind of old and rusty yeah. the bullets were compromised you know when she's talking to the beast the horde Kevin and like saying like well you know you didn't die from the bullets but the bullets were like a hundred years old and there's moisture in the basement you know mm-hmm. it's like you know yeah you, you might be really strong but you, but you drown in water like I, ugh, I that's don't one know of the, like that's You're very smart yeah it, it's it's literally coming right up next i mean that's one of the best scenes in the movie when they do the triple evaluation of glass and yeah. dunn and kevin at the same time and she pleads such yeah. a good case like at this point i think everybody in the audience like okay we've seen what these guys can do but she still presents it in a way where even in the audience like you're like you know what maybe she has a point like it could be adrenaline it could be that, that when she drops the other things like okay so you can climb walls what did you know that we found videos saved on your computer showing people doing this you're like subconsciously he's taught himself to do something that is a real skill like she she plants the seeds of doubt she's doing it in the characters heads but i think even the audience like when i was watching this even the second time knowing that okay they're gonna have superpowers i'm like okay i believe that they would believe this like it's so it's very convincing i me too especially like when you're isolated in a prison by yourself for many days like let's say mm-hmm. like three weeks like if i had been in prison for three weeks you know sense of hopelessness isolation depression defeat like you feel defeated you don't see a future and like there's like someone who's accredited like who went to school for this has experience looks legit and they're telling you like well you know you watched a lot of like you know rock climbing stuff and you mm-hmm. know there's rock climbers out there who are experts who can climb like walls or you know there's magicians out there who are mentalists and you know you just yeah. picked up on the red clay on the clothes on you know, Kevin, when he was walking by and he, you see this adult acting like a child. So, you know, you just kind of inference this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he's like, no, no, that's not how it happened. And, you know, maybe he has a very huge imagination. Like there's times where my mom's like, I'll tell my mom a dream that I had the night before or like, you know, a vision or something. And she's like, wow, you have a really big imagination, Martina. <laughs> and I'm like, mom, really? Because my mom's very logical, practical and um, what's that other word logical practical and analytical mm-hmm. I'm more like creative like you know you know like like big picture idea like you know spontaneous and my mom's like I don't know how I had a kid like you and I'm like I don't know either but <laughs> yeah I could totally see that like I can see that like even with like the whole mastermind thing what, what did she say to Mr. Glass I forgot what she said to Mr. Glass yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, I, w- I was wondering that myself. Let me let's check my notes here. Oh, his brain. There's something uh, wrong with his brain. Like there's like a cloud in his brain or there's like something in his brain. Yeah, I it was something about, yeah, because they said you've had many MRIs over the years. Yeah, because she shows Dunn's MRI where she's like, listen, there's this yeah. cloud in your frontal lobe and we think yeah. this is what's allowing you to do this. It's from the train accident. And then she says to Glass, you've had many MRIs over the years. We've looked at them and you've got the same <laughs> thing. Yeah, so she's saying- all of you guys have oh. something in your brain that is causing this and we want to fix this, which is where the surgery is going to come in, obviously. Yeah. I wait, love wait, it. I love it. We get to the surgery. Imagine being that smart. Yeah. I, I, mean, I live it every day. Like- I live it. <laughs> <laughs> to outsmart everyone. That'd be so insane in the membrane. Like 
just to be able to outsmart everyone. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, I don't think I'm that smart. I think I'm just like average smart, like just average. But like, just to be like, like that smart, that's like so crazy. Mastermind. Yeah. (laughs) Now, we also have the scene where um, they let Casey in to talk to Kevin, which it's insane that they let her do that when she goes and they're like, you know, oh, okay, fine. We'll let you go talk to him. But I think this doctor also knows that he's going to be her kryptonite. So if we're looking at it from the point of view of at this point in the movie, I'm like, whoa, there's no way they're letting her in there three weeks after this kidnapping and all that. But then knowing that Sarah Paulson's going to want to defeat these guys, I actually suddenly got why she let her in there. We need to test her mm. ability to be Kevin's kryptonite. But when she's talking to Hedwig and Hedwig here is uh, saying that, don't worry, I haven't cheated on you. <laughs> yeah, that was so adorable. That is something a nine-year-old would say. Like yeah. I've taught grade three, four, and like, they're so like that. They just say what's on their mind. There's no filter. There's no <laughs> filter when you teach grade three, four. Like they're just so like innocent and pure, but they just kind of say it as it is, you know? I'm sure yeah. they also have moments where they're terrorists like Mr. Glass though. Right. Oh yeah. Ooh. I mean, yeah. I've I've got some oh, yeah. screaming ones upstairs right now who aren't even there yet. Oh. <laughs> Four yeah, and there are very there. interesting. <laughs> yeah, like you know what I realized with like students or the general public, um, they're they're not like I just assume people are going to be like me. No, there's like people out there who are just not like me at all. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, I didn't know people like you existed because I live in a bubble. Yeah. But I'm like, wow, people are so interesting. Like, I love teaching because you end up meeting so many people. Like I teach about 200 students each year. I've been teaching for 12 years. I've probably taught over 2000 students, but each student is so unique. And I learned so much from them. I'm like, Oh, there's people like you out there. Oh, there's no such thing as common sense. Or like, Oh, I need to be a better teacher because I need to tell them this. So they don't cut burner food poison themselves. Because I just <laughs> assume that nobody eats off the floor because it's dirty. And they're just screaming five second rule. I'm like, no, don't eat that. I'm like, stop eating the cookie batter. You can get salmonella. And I'm like, oh, uh, 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 I need to more no, like. Confirm this for cookie. me. Is the salmonella thing? Yeah. Because I mean, I, everybody eats cookie batter. My wife's making cookies or whatever. She's like, hey, do, you want <laughs> do I have some reason to be concerned here? Yeah, well, think about it. Where does an egg come from? It comes from a bottom of a kitchen, uh, chicken. What's on the bottom of a chicken? Feces, <laughs> urine, and like, you know, the barn. And like, yeah, they bleach it and stuff like 99.9% of the time. So it's like one in a million. Like maybe if you get salmonella, you'll probably get vomiting or diarrhea or stomach cramps and they'll pass <laughs> as long as like you have a strong immune system. However, if you're very young or very old, your immune system is compromised. So hence, like, I would suggest you not to eat it if you have, like, a compromised immune system. But just in general, wash your hands, tie your hair, wear an apron, don't eat off the floor, don't eat cookie batter, and just have fun and wear your oven mitts. I give you two for a reason. I give you two. I asked one kid when he burned his hand, I'm like, um, honey, what happened to your hand? And where's your other oven mitt? I gave you two. I gave it to my partner and I'm like, Oh dear gosh. Oh no, 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 no. Whenever you're working with hot stuff, use both oven mitts, please. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. The end. But yeah, like I don't know. Yeah. It's exciting. It's exciting. Well, yeah, what was your question again? I totally missed it. I don't even remember, but you, you, you sidetracked me to something else. Oh, it was about cookie batter. That's what it is. So Oh yeah, cookie batter. Good immune no, system and low immune system. So Mr. Glass, avoid eating raw cookie dough. Mr. Yes. Dunn, eat all you want right yeah all you want like that's so crazy he can even like go through metal doors like he can mm-hmm. like 
he can yeah he's as strong as the beast but like mm-hmm. they're strong in different ways no i guess they're strong in similar ways i guess like the beast has like super strong skin he can climb stuff but the yeah. overseer he can't like climb anything but he's super strong he just won't break he's unbreakable yeah exactly un- mr unbreakable yeah, and then Mr. Glass, and well, then Mr. The Beast. I don't know. Yeah, if they had tried it the other way yeah. around, if, if Dunn had been shot and uh, the Beast had been drowned, they probably both would have lived, you know? But uh, they, they oh, knew yeah, what exactly. they were doing in this That is movie. so true. Um, and then so, I also thought... You know, oh, yes. mm-hmm. oh, go ahead. Oh, I have a quick question. I have a mm-hmm. quick question. You said Casey Cook is Kevin's um, kryptonite, but mm-hmm. then also the light is kryptonite. And then, like, the Horde keeps talking, I want to hold the light, I want to hold the light. And I was like... Oh, like I think that's second or third time that I watched it. I'm like, oh, so like the light has like significance with Kevin, the horde. Like, if I hold the light, I can take over the body. But mm-hmm. then when they flash the light inside the prison, you change personalities. Yeah. And then it's Casey Cook is a kryptonite. Yeah. Yeah. She's the kryptonite. Ah. And Glass's ah. kryptonite is everything that touches him. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. I feel so bad for him. Like, you know, how many times have I gone to the bathroom in the middle of the night and like smashed my knee and bruised it on oh, the yeah. corner of my bed? Like, like my knees are bruised. I-, I wake up in the middle of the- I'll wake up in the morning. I'm like, why do I have bruises all over my leg? <laughs> oh, it's because I smashed into the bed while going to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And I'm like, oh, geez, Louise, like Mr. Glass, he would have broken his legs off. That's why he's in a wheelchair. I- I'm-, I'm a total klutz. Like, I'm surprised that I didn't get injured or die on Amazing Race Canada because I'm very injury prone. Like every sport I've ever played, I've been injured in it. Like it's just, it's just, it's just neat. Like laws of nature. You climbed an 80 foot pole and did not fall to your death. I cried so much. I thought I was going to die on that pole. I was so ADHD (laughs) on that pole. Did I tell you? Yeah, you did. I'm climbing the pole. I'm like, oh my gosh, my arms are. Oh, look over there. There's a little house. Oh my gosh. (laughs) The higher I go, it's windy. Oh no, now I'm cold. Oh my gosh. It's so much farther up. Oh my gosh. I'm really high. And I'm like, I'm getting hungry. I want to eat now. Like all these thoughts were going in my mind. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, I, you know what? I told my, my brother asked me, I think I told you, my brother asked me, you know, if you were going to give up, you would have said something before yeah. you gave up. I'm like, no, I would have just gone like this. Yeah. And I just like <laughs> gone like limp. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't have asked you or I wouldn't have told you. I would have just done it. And he's like, oh, thank goodness you didn't because we would have totally lost. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, but it was Kwame. It was actually Kwame. He came in at like my 45 minute mark because I was on that thing for like an hour. Everyone did it in five or 10 minutes. And he's like, wah, wah, like the beast. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to copy Kwame. Wah, wah. And I said, you know, when you grunt, it actually gives you energy. Did you know that? Like, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Yeah. So, yeah, so just, if you ever need to do anything, just scream and do it. So you've got a little bit of the beast in you. You've got a little bit of glass. You got a little bit of done. You're kind of, <laughs> you're kind of the ultimate combination of everybody in this universe. <laughs> yeah, you too. You. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but you're the mastermind. Dun, dun, dun. That's right. <laughs> the evil genius who wants to fly. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. They might come up with a hoverboard soon. I don't know. From like Let's back hope. to the future. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. 
Uh, now, yeah. also, we got the the setup of all the cameras being installed all over this place, which is going to be very yeah. important later on. And again, it's it's all done so subtly mm-hmm. that you don't re- realize this is set up for the big reveal later on. You just think, okay, because he's getting out of his room because he's so smart. Let's just show how his secure. What's his security going to be? Okay, well, they're sedating him, and then they're they're putting cameras everywhere. Uh, we get Casey, who's going to the comic book store here because she kind of wants to understand: is this real? Like, you know, are there real superheroes? And uh, I love it. At the same time, she's at the comic book store. Joseph's at the comic book store. And he's yeah. in the back. And I love this this comic book store guy where, uh, what was it he says to him? So he calls him perv. He's like, hey, you in the back. You're not one of those Hello Kitty pervs, are you? Because <laughs> he's just hiding in the back. But we have these yeah, yeah, I remember characters that. doing the same research at the same time. Uh, and I also love that mm-hmm. Joseph is, uh, when he's at the gym playing basketball, he sees the guy lifting weights, which goes back to that famous scene in Unbreakable, where Dunn's just yeah. piling weight upon weight upon weight and he's lifting it. So now we see that even Joseph is starting to question, you know what, maybe it is all in his head. You know, maybe this is sort of an illusion. Mm-hmm. He's a mentalist who's just very strong and you know, deceptively strong or whatever. Uh, so really mm-hmm. the only character who's not doubting it at this point is Casey. And I think that's interesting too. Mrs. Glass is like, okay, you know, uh, maybe there is something wrong with him. Joseph's like, you know, maybe she's right. Maybe this is all in my dad's head. Casey's like, oh, you're mm-hmm. telling me it's not real? All right, I'm going to go get a comic book to prove it is. <laughs> like, yeah. young optimism. She's the only one who's who's really showing hope here that this could be real. I think it's because she saw it firsthand. Like, she saw his eyes. Like, when he mm-hmm. broke the bars at the bottom of the zoo, the basement of the zoo, like, she saw that. And, like, mm-hmm. she saw him climbing the walls. Like, if I saw you climbing the walls of any building or any ceiling... I'd be like, what is going on? Like, I know I've seen rock climbers. I think like the fastest rock climber is like a five foot or four foot 11, like Asian woman who weighs, I don't 80 pounds. But Mm. even then, like, it'd be terrifying to see like a man who transforms his body. Like, I don't think that's delusional. If you can see the body like transform with the veins and the muscles bulging out of his neck. Like, I think because she saw it in real life, Maybe that's why she was she she had more belief or faith in it. Well, yeah, because like, I can see the sun like he's impressionable. Yeah, but but also yeah, that that's a good point because I was thinking to myself, well, Joseph's definitely seen that, but Joseph hasn't really. Any time that Dunn, the overseer, is out on the job as Superman, he's just the guy on the radio, and maybe he sees yeah, like on, a great, on the computer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe he sees a grainy video on YouTube. That's his only exposure. He saw his dad lift weights once, and then he takes everything else at face value so you know that's a really good point that casey is the only one that's actually witnessed this yeah and then the mom was like saying that she visits her son for like i don't know the past 20 years Mm -hmm. and he's a vegetable yeah he can't come out of character like you know he's switching up his pills in the armchair of his wheelchair like uh, the arm of his wheelchair and he's like flight of the hand with like the aspirin and stuff but like she doesn't know that he's still with mm-hmm. it upstairs you know what I mean like she, I, I think part of her as a mom like I'm not a mom but I'm a dog mom but like if my dog has been like comatose for 20 years I think I'd probably give up you know like yeah like his mind's gone because like they've sedated him for 20 years or 21 years or whatever how many years but yeah I could see Casey like having the faith like believing you know she's like the girlfriend like the guy like the superhero needs to like protect and save but then she's like i believe in you you know i think everyone needs someone to believe in them yeah (laughs) my brother believed in me more than i believed in me like my brother's like i had to convince you that we could win i'm like we can't win no we can 
I don't know, man, I'm going to die. I'm going to, I'm going to get injured. <laughs> no, 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 we can do it. Like when he walked into that room, he believed that we could win. I'm like, Oh no. Oh no. Oh. When so, I walked into that room, I'm like, Oh no, this is, yeah. Phil like, you always need someone Joseph. to believe in you. Phil was your Joseph or your Casey. Yeah. 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 I was, yeah. Exactly. You know what's terrible? Like, the, the, confession what? time here when you're talking about oh as a parent yeah. you know you see them comatose and you're talking about even your dog i feel like a terrible father like i've got one child i don't even know if people can hear it right now probably not but four-year-old that is freaking out upstairs to the point where my wife's saying calm down calm down got twins who are running around all over the place i'm thinking you know if one of them woke up today and they were just sort of like a vegetable i'm like I got a day off. Okay. I'll worry about them tomorrow. I'm going to enjoy today. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> Give no. me one day to sleep no, no. and not worry about anybody climbing on a wall. <laughs> oh no, no. Some, you know, sometimes I regret not getting married and having kids, but then at the same time, I really like my money and I really like my sleep. Like I have a sleep tracker on my like watch and I slept oh. like eight or nine hours the other night. Is, is it a Fitbit? Like, I remember. No, it's uh, my brother. It's a fit track. It's a fit track. My brother got okay. it for me. So I told my brother, oh, yeah, I've gotten really unhealthy during COVID. And he's like, here, like, do you want this for your Christmas present? My brother gives like the best presents. Like, I think two winters ago, he bought me winter tires because I've been in like three car accidents. These winter <laughs> tires will help you from like slipping on black ice, you know? I'm like, thanks. And, and he got them for me for Costco. And then I told him like, yeah, I've kind of like put, I've put on some weight since like COVID. And he's like, Oh, do you want me to buy you this fit track like um weight scale which is bluetooth to this like watch thingy and I'm like mm-hmm. yeah sure so he got that for me and i've been working out lately and i don't know but yeah i really like my sleep and i really like to have my money okay, I, I don't, so I'm, I'm, time, I don't know. time yeah. to make me feel <laughs> terrible now that i'm the terrible father uh what's your average sleep father <laughs> what's your average sleep uh, on my, there oh yeah probably like seven hours Oh. Seven hours. Let me just check. Yes. Yesterday was seven hours and 31 minutes. Uh, three hours of deep sleep and four hours and 31 minutes what? of light sleep. Okay. So uh, yeah. I got last night uh, an hour and 33 minutes. I then was awake what? for an hour and got another two hours and 57 minutes. That was my night. The previous night, I got an oh hour and God. a half. I then was awake for four hours and got two hours and 45 minutes. Um, I've only got one over here that's even close to seven hours. So there you go. Your superpower is sleeping too. We're piling them on here. My wife's like that too. Like here's, here's what bothers me. Okay. My wife yeah. can sleep through anything. I mean, I've had a Fitbit for years. I mean, I track my sleep, my yeah. steps, everything. Like I'm super mm-hmm. competitive with being active. She got a Fitbit and she got it because in her mind, she was trying to tell me, listen, I slept really bad last night. I'm like, no, I know you slept good. So she's like, fine, I'm going to get put the, the sleep track on the Fitbit. I'm going to show you. And then, then as soon as she did that, I'm like, so how much did you sleep last night? <sighs> Eight hours and 45 minutes, uh, 10 hours. I'm like, this is not natural. You've wow. got a four-year-old and twins that are two and you sleep <laughs> more than the children do. <laughs> and here I am on like two hours a night. Like, this is not fair. <laughs> I took a nap yesterday. Like I took a nap. I went for a hike with a friend and then I took a nap after, after um, my hike with her, we did a socially distanced hike and we went for a hike for like an hour and like five minutes. It was really flat. And then after I came home and took like a nap and then I nap a lot after work, like I'll finish school at three, probably come home at four. I'll take a nap from four to five and then I'll be in bed by nine, pass that around 1030, wake up at six the next day. 
but um yeah sleep is important sleep is important i agree how i would love to have the opportunity right now i have no idea how are you doing this podcast <laughs> like how do you have memory like if I sleep, <laughs> i'm grumpy and i have no memory like i can't remember anything like you're functioning. You're a high-functioning, sleep-deprived man. And That's I'm, your superhero. Yeah, like, and I'm superpower. still getting like fifteen to 20,000 steps a day on no sleep. Like, come on. There you go. I am Superman. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. I normally average like five to 6,000 steps a day, but I'm trying to get to 10 to 20. But it's, it's, it's really hard. Like, like, are you working at home or are you in your school right now? Oh, no. I'm at school. Like, the steps that I get is like walking from my car to my classroom mm-hmm. and then walking inside my classroom. And then walking from my classroom to the photocopier and then to the washroom and then back to the photocopier and then to the office and then back to my classroom and then back to my car and then come home. Mm. So, but when the weather's better, like the weather's better today. So like after this podcast, I'm going to go walk my dog, but Mm -hmm. when the weather's not good, I'll just come home and just hide. There's been weekends where I'll come home at like 4 PM on Friday. I won't leave my place until 7:30 in the morning on Monday. Like I won't even take out the trash. Like I won't even walk the dog. Mm. I'll just have the dog inside with me. Like I'll just hide in, I'll just hide in my place when the weather's bad. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know if that makes any yeah. sense, but well, oh yeah, what was your question again? It was something about the movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> there was a movie we were talking about. Time. <laughs> you know, we, we are living in the age grass. now though. When you mentioned like taking out the garbage, like we're living in an age where my wife and I will fight who, who wants to take out the garbage. Like it is a 20 foot walk to the bin and then right back inside the back door. And yet we're fighting. No, yeah. I want to take No, me, no, me, please. Oh, what? Really? Yeah. Oh, I hate, well, I mean, I took I, out the garbage I, yesterday. I'm like, i get my steps in though um like Um, any opportunity i get yeah after i eat dinner i'll be like running on the spot you know okay let me get let me get my heart rate up let me get a little steps in yeah yeah just kind of yeah completely on the spot like standing here uh i've got a treadmill behind me so when i'm working i'd say every about hour two hours i'll just run a kilometer it'll take five six minutes to run a kilometer and then when i'm on my lunch i'll do about three or four kilometers like I basically just look for whatever opportunity I have for five minutes to just move because I know I'm not going to move outside the house. So I got to find a way to move in the house. So are you working from home and where do you live again? I forgot. Winnipeg. So you live in Winnipeg and you're working from home, I'm assuming. Yeah. And then you're just like running in the spot. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Is it still like snowy out there? Is it really cold and windy? What's the weather like out there? It's been incredible. Like we're, um, we've been in like the high teens for a few weeks, but it's supposed to snow tonight. Like all of a sudden out of nowhere, I think we were like 15 degrees yesterday. And now they're saying, oh, there's going to be snow by morning. So that's Winnipeg. But what makes it worse is uh, I'm training for a half marathon that I'm supposed to do in three weeks. And so I was supposed to run, I was supposed to run 14 kilometers today. I got four kilometers in right before we started this call. And now I've got to find a way to do 10 kilometers on the treadmill before I go to bed while no sleep. I'm like, no, you know what? Maybe I'll just wait till tomorrow (laughs) for a better opportunity tomorrow. How are you functioning? Like I shouldn't take like steps and run. You're not sleeping and you're working from home. And then you guys fight to take out the trash. That's pretty <laughs> impressive. Like I had to psych myself out to take out the trash yesterday. I'm like, come on, Martina, take out the trash. Come on, come on. You got, you can do it. I only have two bins, like my <laughs> trash bin in the kitchen and my trash bin in the bathroom. And I'm only one person. So I'm like, come on, just do it. Just do it. Like I have to, like, I have to, like, right now it's like, let's see if it's like two 30 here. I'm like, okay, I have to take it out at three. I have to take it out at three. I have to. And then like when three comes, I'm like, I just do it. But then. Mm-hmm. I have to psych myself out. And this is from like lots of sleep too. Here we go. We're, we're going to set a challenge. Man. We're going to do a challenge here. Last yeah. year, my co-host Ben and I, 
Um, we did yep. a cross Canada. There was like a Canada 10 K run. So we oh, both wow. signed up. I did my leg. He did his leg. So let's do a competition here for Canada day this year. I will do the central leg. We'll find somebody on the East coast and we'll do a cross Canada 10 K thing as a competition. Let's Whoa. do it. You want me to run 10K with you guys? Oh, yeah. I can run 10K. I've done it before. Yeah, I mean, you could walk. Run. When Ben did it last year, I think he said he ended up walking half of it. So oh, we'll, nice. do, we'll do it across. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll be in Australia now. So we'll do it across the world He's 10K challenge. Whoa, that's cool. I like that. That's a great idea. There we go. We're nice. going to prove we're all superheroes. Come Canada Day. <laughs> superheroes. Oh, the Oz Network, the Heroes Edition. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So movie. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. The movie, the fight scene. Yeah. yeah. Like well, let, them let, doubting themselves. Well, let, let's uh, go through a couple of scenes here before we get to the big fight scene. Uh, so um, okay. uh, what do we have here? Let me kind of breeze through some of my notes. Uh, yeah. We have uh, the, 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 the orderly. So this is how glass ends up escaping. Yeah. So we got the mean orderly who's yeah. threatening to drop the flashlight on yeah. his legs and everything. And we got the other orderly who's yeah. just lazy. Now, the, the lazy orderly has the car that backfires, or it might be the other one. One of them has the car that backfires. Uh, but Glass yeah. gets out one night, and he goes into mm-hmm. Kevin's room. And he's like, well, how did you get yeah. out? And he starts explaining this thing. Well, he's like, okay, so there's a backfire from the car. And I know mm-hmm. that there's going to be three or four minutes you know, before uh, he gets there. And I know that this orderly is lazy, lazy so he always chit-chats about multivitamins and everything with the guy at the yeah, door vitamin d yeah there you go yeah. vitamin d is gonna help you absorb everything man uh so he's like so exactly. i got two or three minutes so now we're starting to see how glass works everything out in his head how he's been hiding his pills and all that and he's basically saying okay so i, I need you to get out and we, we get the setup for this tallest building in the world uh or not the mm-hmm. world the tallest building in philadelphia i guess that's gonna be available the osaka tower yeah. and it's gonna have something to yeah. do with this um now mm-hmm when he goes in to get crumb uh we also have the uh orderly who comes in to check on glass and he kills him now um mm-hmm. have we had the uh yeah. surgery at this point no we haven't okay so let's yes. do the surgery yeah okay. no oh they, yeah they, they had the surgery yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. let's talk about the surgery here so uh mm-hmm. he's already gone in to see kevin we know they're going to have an escape plan but we think mm-hmm. the glass's plan has been ruined because uh, yeah. The doctor comes in and says, hey, you know, uh, we had you on the camera sneaking out last night. So we're going to bump up your surgery. So we think, all right, plans out the window. This isn't going to happen now. Yep. Uh, but all of a sudden, Glass has the orderly go into his room and he slits his throat with Glass. So you're like, well, he's had the surgery. Ooh. How is this possible? And all of a sudden, Ooh. they do this great flashback where they show everything that had happened from Glass's point of view from the previous night where he went in after seeing Kevin, he got to the machine that was supposed to do the, you know, remove this power from his head. And he removed the glass from that uh, so that it didn't do the surgery properly. And now he's killed an orderly. He goes in, he gets crumb out. He, they go, they see David and he's basically saying, Hey, we're going to go bl- blow up a building. My, this is my master plan. So now we're getting what is glasses master plan. Uh, mm-hmm. He's saying over the PA, this tallest building in Philadelphia, we're going to blow this up and we're doing it because we want to reveal yeah. these powers. We want to prove to the world that superheroes exist. So this is his mm-hmm. end game. It's all about just, I want to show that we exist to the world. Uh, but Joseph's got a, or not Joseph, uh, Dunn's got to find a way 
to get out of here. And there's a big metal door. He's already turned off the water cannons. He just has to get to this big metal door. Dunn's buying it, though. This is where we get that payoff from the, the, the therapy scene where uh, mm-hmm. Sarah Paulson's convincing him, hey, this is all in your head. He doesn't think he can get through this door. Now, my question to you is, has he just never tried to get through a metal door, which is why it takes him a while to get through it? Or has he still had enough doubt in his head that it's weakening him and he just doesn't believe he can get through it. Cause it takes him a while before he breaks through this door finally. Oh, you know what? To be honest, I didn't realize it took him so long to go- get through the door. I think for me, I thought he didn't get out as soon as he could have was because he just felt defeated. He looks mm-hmm. so defeated. Like after having that interaction with the doctor. Yeah. And so maybe you know, he's starting to believe yeah, believe it. And like, I think, you know, a lot of people are saying that your mind has so much control over you. Like, I've been reading articles about where this guy went in to fix a refrigerator in like this train, but then he ends up locking himself. And then he freezes to death. But then when they find him like a couple hours later, the refrigerator engine had died, it had, it had never gone to freezing temperatures. But then he had convinced himself that he was going to freeze to death. So he did. So your mind is like so mm. strong. So like maybe in his mind, he's like, oh, like, oh, maybe I'm not that strong. That's why it took him so long. And he's never like, you know, gone through a metal door before. But I think also he's been there for a while. Hasn't he been yeah. there for, or maybe he hasn't, maybe he's only been there for three days. But, you know, being away from his son, having lost his wife, I think he 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 feels like, what's the point maybe mm-hmm. also? Like, yeah, maybe he definitely doubts doubts himself. But bam, he gets through that door and none of the none of his bones are broken. And it's so on camera too. That's the other important thing. And it's on camera. We see yeah. for the first time the oh. security camera's view, which is going to be important. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh yeah, you go, you go save them. Stop that Osaka tower, like, you know, from blowing up from that, like whatever nuclear biological mm-hmm. chemical, like lab or whatever. Yeah. And go like fight the thing. horde. Like, like I totally thought that they're gonna have like this like epic fight scene at Osaka Tower, mm-hmm. sort of like Spider Man or like Superman or something like something in the city with like yeah. really cool city landscape or like skyscape or something. Yeah, but yeah, I guess I guess it was pretty hard for him to get out through, through that door. Did you realize that it took him forever to get out through that door? I didn't. I didn't even realize that. It, it was only because um they're on the PA system and then. We oh. see uh, Kevin obviously has to change clothes because he he dresses up as a, a nurse or an orderly or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. to, and then he wheels glass the long way because we find out later on where the doctor says, why did they take the long way when they could have gone out the front door? They go all the way through these tunnels in the basement. And then obviously they get all the way outside. Yeah. And in that time, shifts are changing over. The doctor arrives and everything. So I would figure, it's, it, even if it's 10 minutes, I would figure that's probably a while for a guy with super strength to get through a door. So, and we see him bash on it a couple of oh. times before he eventually breaks through. See, I, my, my guess though, is that it is like, he's believing I don't have these powers. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I guess he could have bashed through it one time, but he mm-hmm. bashed through it a, multiple times. Because when you see the metal door, it's like it's really dented. dented in. Yeah, yeah, like severely dented in. So he must've tried like five or 10 times. But then mastermind, Mr. Glass, like, you know, like he's so smart. Like he he timed everything so well. Like, yeah, with like the shifts changing over the amount of time for him to get out, but then just having all the characters outside and mm-hmm. also the supporting characters. Yeah, it, it was such a good scene. It was such. What a was good the scene. line he had too? Like Glass has a great line where he identifies everybody's there. Um, it's something along the lines of all oh, the, the the supporting cast is all here. 
I'm gonna have to find. Like, I, I think I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh yeah, that's right. He did say something like that. He's like, all the the main characters are here. Mm-hmm. Um, something. Yeah, you're right. Like everyone's arrived. Everybody's here. Everyone's oh, present. Yeah. It, it's yeah, the collect. He says the collection of main characters. Yeah. Collection of main characters have arrived. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so like Glass that. in his mind it, now. Now again, we're thinking he is staging a comic book battle because obviously going all the way back to Unbreakable, Glass was a comic book fan, but he also thought these things were real. He's even identifying, mm-hmm. here's our collection of main characters. Here is the the, um, the the limited edition, as you mentioned, the climax of the limited edition and all that. And then he gets it wrong yeah. later on. Uh, but this is all the setup for the fight. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, same thing. I kind of thought, okay, we're going to this Osaka Tower. Like that's what the first time I saw it. And then watching it this time, mm-hmm. I knew that this fight all took place on the hospital grounds. And I was thinking to myself, yeah. like, man, I, I kind of wish that I got that Osaka Tower thing, but then it would ruin the ending of the movie because the whole point of this is that you're supposed to want to see, oh, I want to get there. And yeah. then when you don't get there, the payoff is, hey, here's the reason why we didn't get there. The, the reason why yeah. Glass never intended to go there. Like Again, you appreciate it so much more later on that they don't get that big, massive fight in the towers when you realize this was Glass's yeah. plan to stay here. Yeah. Because I think I had envisioned like the horde, like the beast is like running up the side of the building, like, oh, yeah. like an animal, like King Kong or something. Mm-hmm. And then like the overseer, like jumping out and just like crushing him like to the mm-hmm. ground. And then like Mr. Glass going, like, <laughs> like twiddling his, his thumbs and his fingers like, and then blowing everything up and everything's caught on camera. A yeah. lot of people die, mass destruction again, like the train and the plane crashes and all that jazz. So that's what I was anticipating, but this was so much better. Mm-hmm. Like it was just so like, just everything, like the way that it was filmed, the way it was shot, the cement, like, I can't even say the word. Is it cinema- Cinema- cinematography. cinematography? Yeah. Cinematography. And just like, I just, I loved it. Like every segment, like everything had a purpose. Like, you know, I tell my students, like when we make a recipe, we don't just put in ingredients willy nilly. Everything has a function. Everything mm-hmm. has a role. Everything has a job. And like, it was almost like everything had a job, like everything had a function mm-hmm. in this fight scene. Like nothing was just thrown in just for the heck of it. You know what I yeah. mean? So like, even with like the changeover with like um, the shifts with like the orderlies, the nurses, the security guards or whatever, they were used to put be put into like the van. And then, you know, you see their perspective of the fight from through the van glass and like the window and stuff. We're so good. This is where I yeah. think the critics are so wrong on this movie because this fight scene is some of the best stuff Shyamalan's ever did. And again, I'm I'm a I'm a Shyamalan fan, like not of The Happening, mm-hmm. but a lot of his other better movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got to do The Happening. Just so you, yeah, you you want a, a shocking yeah. ending where you're like, that's it? What? Um, <laughs> what? But yeah, uh, what, dead people. well, what he does here is that it's, it's so much different. There's, a, there's about five or six big surprises and none of them are so over yeah. the top where you're like, like, oh, I'm just trying to shock the audience with a big surprise. It's little things like, uh, yeah, you see the tattoo on the, the guard's arm and then you see it on the doctor afterwards. Yeah. I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But it, it, I, I didn't or see like, that coming. Even like the way he- I didn't see that coming. I didn't see the doctor and the guard coming. I didn't see the beast running like an animal across oh, yeah. the lawn. Galloping. He's I galloping. I did not see that. That was great. She's like, mm-hmm. I'm like, what is happening? I don't know. even think humans can run that way. Like, he ran also, like my dog. <laughs> well, and you also <laughs> mentioned, like, even just the way that they film it sometimes. Like, the, um, the scene where Kevin is tipping the car. 
or the beast, not Kevin. The beast yeah. is hitting the car. It's shot from inside the car. And then my favorite one is where we have the the, the police guards who are trying to break up the fight between uh, the overseer yeah. and the beast. And uh, we're, they're showing it from the point of view of inside the the, the, the shield, that, that um, yeah. invisible shield, where the beast is hammering on this thing and it's all shot from inside. I'm like, that's actually really scary yeah. to watch, you know? Uh, like, there's some great filming yeah, I would not want to be that person. Yeah, exactly. No, I wouldn't want to be the cameraman. <laughs> no, no. Like, what if you shatter through the glass and, like, that's just so insane in the membrane? Yeah, mm-hmm. no, no. Yeah. You know what I didn't understand was, like, if I was in the car and something is charging at the car and I can't open my door, drive away. Yeah. Like maybe like the, they're having time, like they need more time to process. I don't mm-hmm. know. Or like when the two guards are like, they see the beast, like they see like the characters, they're outside on, they're outside on the lawn, on, on the property, they're outside. Like, please advise. And they turn away from them. I'm like, mm-hmm. every time I yeah. call 911 or anytime, like something happens in front of me, I don't take my eyes off of it. Like I don't turn away to make a phone call. I keep my eyes on the mm-hmm. situation. Like I don't put my back to the situation. Like, oh my gosh, I need to share the story. So like me and a girlfriend, we went down to LA and you know, we, we don't have data. We don't have like, we can't make phone calls down in the States because you know, we have to pay like a dollar per call down there because you know, we're Canadians. And like, we're at the airport, there's airport Wi-Fi, and we're going to take this bus to our other friends, mutual friends house. And so we get to the bus stop and she's like, well, I'm going to text her. Like, I'm going to like WhatsApp her or whatever with the, like airport Wi-Fi and just let her know that, you know, we're on our way. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that's fine. So she goes into the airport. I'm at the bus stop with our two huge luggages and she turns her back to me and she's texting. And guess what happens? The bus comes. So I'm screaming and jumping, <laughs> telling her to come out so we can catch the bus. But she has her back to me. And I'm like, why would you have your back to me? Like mm-hmm. you, you, you need to be looking at me at all times. Cause like something could happen to me. Something could happen to you. Yeah. And I'm like, thank God during like amazing race Canada, when we were racing, like I never kept my eyes off my brother and he didn't take, <laughs> so like, we were always like communicating, you know, cause I'm not a mind reader mm-hmm. in my mind. I'm like, why do those two security guards turn their back to the beast? Please advise. What should we do? What are you doing? Don't you don't take your eyes off the criminal well like, like you said there's what is and then, then there's, they get mauled well there's fight flight what was the third one freeze fight so there's fight flight freeze i'm gonna add the fourth there's fight flight freeze and ask for direction which is what they're doing <laughs> those are just the <laughs> aimless people it's like what do you want me to do <laughs> no but don't don't take your eyes off of him you know what i would have done i would have just started like shooting like screaming at him but if i saw him charging at me i would sh- can't they hear him coming Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe you have poor hearing. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but there's two of them. There's two of them. I just, I don't well, know. Well, you know what? If else? you ever see something, just run. <laughs> just <Yeah>. anything. <laughs> if you see Beamer, just run your away. Dog, if your dog yeah. Beamer is charging towards you, <laughs> I just run away, man. Just run away. Yeah. You know, one thing I caught in this that I never caught the first time that I actually think is one of the, yeah. one of the best things about this movie is uh, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, Dennis. So Dennis cycles in mm-hmm. uh, it, it, as the personality at one point before this fight or maybe in, in the middle of this fight. And he mm-hmm. says something about uh, not wanting to do this to glass. And uh, yeah, yeah. He, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to go through with this. And Dennis, again, is one of the scarier yeah. personalities. And after mm-hmm. that, whoever it goes back to uh, says, that's okay, mm-hmm. there's still 10 of us. Now, we know he has more than 20 personalities. So at this mm-hmm. point, 
it's it's not even I, maybe there's a director's cut out there that goes more into this but the idea is that kevin's had half of his identities already drop out like half of kevin is not okay with this uh which perfectly fits mm-hmm. with the character that's like there's good parts of him and bad parts of him now I, i'm both seeing it okay there's a more p- complex character because half of his personalities are refusing to go along with this even though they don't technically mm-hmm. have control and then the flip side of that mm-hmm. is that we're left now with the scariest personalities, which now makes the beast even more terrifying because we know none of the good yeah. ones and Dennis is included in the good ones. None of the good ones are yeah. actually there to balance anymore. Yeah, that, that's not good. Kevin needs a balance of good and bad, but bad has taken over and they've taken over the light. So the mm-hmm. horde has taken over the light and it's not good. And like, if you just see him like it's almost very animalistic it's almost like he's like a jaguar a cheetah like a bear like you know when you think of a beast like i think of like lion bears what was the other thing oh my i can't remember what they were called jaguar i don't know like (laughs) is it tigers like tigers and bears and lions lions and tigers and bears yeah lions tigers and bears oh my so it's like literally like that like the beast has like turned into a literal beast. Like he doesn't look human and the way he moves sounds and like, you know, has oh, just so crazy. Like a but really yeah, angry Pomeranian. Really <laughs> oh yeah. My dog, he, he can get scary. <laughs> Never take Kleenex out of my Pomeranian's mouth. Like he will draw blood. He's, I, he's only bitten me twice and it was over Kleenex. Like I was walking him on the sidewalk. He started chewing on dirty Kleenex. Like someone had blue blue they, they oh. blew their nose on a clean and just dumped and my dog started eating it so i'm trying to take it out of his mouth and he bang, bites me and i'm bleeding i'm like what is happening you you crazy dog like and then second time was i think i was at someone's house and he started eating their kleenex so i tried to take the kleenex box away from him. he bit me again after that if he's eating kleenex i just leave him alone never again i've learned my lesson like if beamer's eating kleenex just stay away from him just let him eat it it's gonna be fine i'll come out the other end yeah. <laughs> let, let me get like, into my weird just... i'll get into my weird clinic story now so um i wasn't yeah. there to witness it myself because i wasn't born yet but yeah. my mom told me that uh yeah. um now no, let me also go along with this i have a theory that um what pregnant women crave during pregnancy will actually influence the kids food taste later on uh because there are mm-hmm. certain foods that my mom loved when she was pregnant with my sister that my sister ended up loving same thing with my brother with me one of the things mm-hmm. my mom said that she ate the most of was p- dill pickles anything dill pickle and oh. that is like hands down my favorite food i mean dill pickle chips dill pickles i just had my birthday and my sister for my birthday party decided to make a pickle themed buffet where we had like five different types of pickles we had dill pickle chips oh, dill wow dip, and she even took chicken wings and brined them in dill pickle juice so that's how much I well, love. Well, that's hardcore. But my mom ate a ton of these when she was pregnant. Uh, now, I've also witnessed this with my wife. My wife, she ate a ton of guacamole when she was pregnant with our oldest, mm-hmm. Casper. And he's obsessed with guacamole. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with our uh, oh, twins, wow. she loved spicy food. And they have no issues with spice. Now, one oh, wow. weird thing my mom ate, which I'm not going to try it myself, is when my mom was pregnant with me, she ate scented Kleenex. <laughs> so... She, what? Th- she, this was the early eighties and they, and I guess had like cleaning. for the first time that there was like smell like perfumed or whatever. She's like, it smelled really oh, good. No. And I don't know. I was pregnant. I was weird. And oh my I ate gosh. a cement scented. No! <laughs> so oh, no. maybe some of the weirder that's things so about crazy. me can be explained by the fact that my mom ate Kleenex when she was pregnant with me, but that's, there's no there's food cravings. Cool. 
Yeah, there's no food cravings to go along with that one. That <laughs> that one might just explain my superpower. <laughs> oh, that's so crazy, Kleenex superpower. Okay, so back to the fight scene here. So there's a lot of great stuff. As I said, we have yeah. the beast lifting the car. Um, we have uh, uh, Dunn getting locked inside the shipping container and just breaking his way out. Everybody's getting locked up. Like Joseph's thrown into a car. Uh, the, the mom's put away. Uh, all the other nurses and everything, they're out there are being put away. Uh, and we keep getting the shots of the security footage, which again is going to be very important to uh, what's going to come later on at the end of this movie. Uh, but the big part of this is getting him into the water tank. So they do uh, have mm. the beast tackle him into this water tank. And uh, we think, okay, this is it because we've seen Unbreakable. This is where we found out about his kryptonite. We know that he had a thing about mm-hmm. drowning too. He basically smashes his fist straight through here. So this is why I think that maybe there was something when he goes through the door earlier where uh, he was just mm-hmm. doubting himself because it takes nothing at all. It's just one fist and he breaks straight out of this thing. The water's rushing everywhere, but there's also a pothole, which is going to become important uh, because that floods yeah. with water. Uh, and through this whole fight here, I mean, Glass has the 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 line here where he's talking about the limited edition and everything. And um, the doc, Sarah Paulson's gone to Casey and says, Hey, we need you to bring Kevin out. So now we have her, her, the kryptonite being brought in the story, which is the payoff of why she was allowed to see him in the first place. Uh, This is all Mm going to kind of climax here uh, with um, the the moment where glass is giving his big evil speech about, you know, this is what I do. I created you. I created him. I create superheroes uh, because Joseph's going to reveal the big twist, which a few times now we've had this tease of, somebody looking at a file, looking up uh, who Kevin's dad was, and then just having this shocked look. And the big reveal is that his dad was on the train that Dunn Mm -hmm. had the accident on, that Glass caused the accident of. So now it's out there, hey, he killed your dad. Glass is responsible for what you became. And that's why he has the Mm -hmm. whole, you know, I create superhero speech. And when the Beast decides to turn on Glass here, (laughs) just he does nothing, of course, the beast could do anything to him, but because he's so breakable, yeah, he just squeezes his shoulder, pats him on the shoulder, basically. <laughs> and he, he collapses on the ground and glass appreciates this. That's one of my favorite parts of the movie where he goes, the classic turn, the enemy becomes the ally because now we're going to have to have done saving glass. Um, yeah. The way this whole fight uh, kind of ends up here though, is uh, Casey does calm Kevin down, uh, which we think nice ending here. Uh, And then a bullet goes right through Kevin and we have Joseph saying, Hey, my dad over there, he's helping you guys. And then we see this shot, Mm -hmm. which again is so brilliantly filmed of just the wrist. And you barely Mm -hmm. notice this little tattoo on the wrist of the guy dragging done over this puddle and stuffing him in there. And then the doctor comes up and Mm -hmm. here's our, uh, one of our other many shocking endings. The doctor Mm -hmm. reveals she has the same tattoo on her wrist (laughs) And yeah. we get this flashback to her in a restaurant. I just love the way that it, it, it's just her in a restaurant. And then somebody leaves and it just goes completely silent. It's like, are we alone now? And you realize this is like this ancient organization that's been around for 10,000 years. And their entire job yeah. is just to find these superheroes. And, you know, we're not out there just to destroy the villains. We're out there to destroy both sides or whatever, just to bring balance. I mean, there's no way it could predict this ending. There's no way anybody could predict it. He's got like three or four surprise endings here. None of them are so over the top that it's not believable. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think this is what makes this movie work so well. And this is why I'm going to be so angry when we get to the critics reviews at the end of this is because this is handled perfectly. And it's built so well where you see where all of a sudden when this happens, you see they planted the seed here, they planted the seed here and everything adds up. Mm-hmm. 
I agree with you. I just, I love the ending. The ending was so good. Like, hey, the reason why the beast came was because Mr. Glass killed your dad, who was going to go help you, and your mom continued to abuse you. And hence, that's why you have 24 personalities. Mm-hmm. And it had took so many 15 years or whatever. And then also with um, the, the overseer, they, they he finally found his, like, like opposite or like what's it called like his what's the word where like where you're the complete opposite of someone Uh, i would say say complete opposite but anti (laughs) what's the word for complete opposite (laughs) oh complete opposite there you go so basically like mr glass is mass murdering people and what are the chances that he ends up killing you know kendall wendell crumb's dad yeah and then and then creates a beast and then also creates the overseer and it's just like bam 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 it's just like so coincidental and then yeah like all all the beasts had to do was just like pinch like mr glasses mm-hmm. like shoulder like pinch okay you're dead mm-hmm. like oh you're gonna you know you're just gonna have internal bleeding all your bones are gonna break and you're gonna fall off your wheelchair and then bam you're you're gonna die and then you know, then, you know, Dunn and the beast are like going at it because, you know, Dunn doesn't want him to kill the Mr. Glass right away. And it's just, yeah, just all the reveals, like we're not at Osaka Tower. We're, we're here in front of here, like all of this is coming out. And like, you know, it's just bam, bam. And like everything comes together. Like it ends up like you, you mix stuff in a bowl, shove it in the oven, and bam, you got a cake coming out of the oven. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it was just so good. I loved it. I loved it. It was like, I didn't, I didn't see the dad dying on the train with him. I didn't see that coming. I didn't see, yeah, I didn't see any of that coming. I didn't see that. No, I didn't, I didn't see like the secret society. Like, yeah, there's secret societies out there right now. (laughs) This is, here we go. We're doing it again. Everything Martina sees in a movie. It's like, you know what? I wonder if this could actually happen. (laughs) Could this be true? Like, I, I know like there's clubs, like, you know, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, and you know, Freemasons. Freemasons. Like, I've never, I've never heard of like Illuminati. I don't know. Like, yeah, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Ooh, but have like, you ever seen the movie Jumper? It's no, about teleporters. About? Okay, so um, if you've seen Star Wars, have you seen all the Star Wars movies? No. Okay. Well, if, if I've seen, seen the newer ones. Okay, yeah. well, the, um, the prequels about young Anakin Skywalker, yeah. uh, Hayden Christensen, mm-hmm. who plays young Anakin Skywalker, he did this movie called Jumper, which is a great movie, uh, where he plays okay. a guy who can teleport. And it's similar to Ooh. this movie where Sa- Samuel Jackson is in it as well. And what's what's great about this, and this isn't spoiling, you could watch the trailer and get this, but Samuel Jackson yeah, yeah. is the villain in that, where he's playing the Sarah Paulson character. He's from this society oh. that just looks for these teleporters and basically tries to kill them. So you know, when I saw this this time, I didn't even connect the dots the first time. Like it's kind of like Jumper. I'm like, wait, Samuel Jackson was the flip side of this in Jumper. So there, we got another Whoa. one to check out. We got to check out D- Jumper now too. You'll be believing in teleporters. Everything's like connecting. Like everything's yeah. connected. It's like so crazy. No, but I loved it. I loved how everything came together. All the reveals came out in the end. All these like, crazy little twists. That line too, where he's like, "It's not a limited edition. It's an origin story." Yeah, and it and it was it was a suicide. It was a suicide mission. It wasn't like oh yeah coming out kind of like yeah that was so good. I was yeah, just like because wow. After this, we get okay. Well, they're erasing all the camera footage, so we see yeah. it be delete, 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 and then we get um, Sarah Paulson going into the comic book store, 
And you have mm-hmm. these other guys talking about, oh, you know, the mastermind, which I guess the comic version of the mastermind is supposed to be like Mr. Glass. Mm-hmm. So he's always one step ahead. And she's like, wait, what was he planning? So she's going and asking about the camera footage. And now we get the other twist ending here where they're like, oh, yeah. it was streamed somewhere to a private server before it was deleted. So this footage is out Ooh. there. And then the final yeah. reveal of the movie where you got the three support that the, the main characters uh, coming together. You mm-hmm. got Casey, you got Mrs. Glass. I <laughs> still can't remember her last yeah. name. <laughs> and you got Joseph. Mrs. Price. Price, yes. Yeah. Mrs. Price and Joseph. And, they're all in the terminal. And, and then the, the, they're the like, how much? station terminal, yeah. Yeah, which it's funny to think that this is probably the same terminal that uh, the, the dad uh, of Kevin died at and that Dunn's accident yeah. is that Glass planted a bomb at but uh yeah it, it all sort of them waiting okay when do you think this is going to get and then they just start seeing people one after one looking at their phones footage now is yeah. so glass wins in the end <laughs> the ultimate yeah. villain wins i don't and really i think the the reason this works is because if we just had it where it was an ending where all the characters die i mean dunn yeah. is dead uh glass is dead and um the, the, uh, kevin is dead big downer mm-hmm. ending to the movie but you introduce to the last mm-hmm. minute there's yeah. a bigger villain than everybody and if they hadn't done that if sarah paulson yeah. hadn't come in with the secret society yeah. this ending doesn't work mm-hmm. but because of that you're like okay glass wins but now he's not the villain he's kind of the hero now yeah and like he wanted people to know like there's people out there like him mm-hmm. and like you know it wasn't all in his end it wasn't like delusional grandeur and the fact that she validates them, all yeah. three of them in the end, like she validates, like, yeah, like you were right, Mr. Glass, you were right. Like, you know, we've been trying to keep order and balance. You know, when one of you shows up, the other one shows up and it's like, you know, was it cosmic classic? It's kind of like mm-hmm. explosion. What's that word? Man, I'm like not, I, I've slept <laughs> a lot, but I can't remember words right now. I have the super you know memory, but say? apparently I've had a little too li- little sleep. So I, okay, anyway, I, know, yeah. I know what you're I'll, getting I'll at though. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, it's just like, Oh wow. Like, yeah, that secret society. And like, when mm-hmm. she's like, grab my hand and w- while Dunn's being dr- like drowned or, you know, in that pothole and like it, every, everything gets revealed. Like, yeah. Like I did not expect anyone to die. Like yeah. I did not expect the beast to die. Mr. Glass. David Dunn did not see that coming. I thought it was just going to be like this epic like fight scene and then they all just go to jail or run away or live happily ever after. But the fact that all three of them died, yeah, that was a bit of a doubt. I'm like, what the heck? How come they all died? Well, well I guess there's no more like after this, the trilogy well, ends. Exactly. But, yeah. Because we just sort of, I mean, this is a trilogy that nobody realized it was a trilogy until this final movie. And I think that's one of the reasons yeah. why it is a surprising end because you're thinking they're just getting this off the ground without realizing, no, in M. Night Shyamalan's mind, this thing got off the ground 20 years ago and this is the end. He's like, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm going to yeah. retire. I'm going to go like buy a house in the Bahamas and just like <laughs> surf all day or whatever, hang out on the beach and take cool Instagram photos. Like, And yeah, make the happening I, I part of, two. I, <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of wish like, this wasn't the end. Like, I wish that they could make another movie, like mm. maybe like new superheroes that come out and like, you know, Sarah Paulson comes after them. Like, mm-hmm. let me move to another city. Like, this is the most humane thing that we can do is just like, you know, give them the surgery where they, 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 they don't think that they have a superpower anymore and just tell them that they have like some sort of like disorder, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And just kind of downplay it. I'm like, there's more of them. But now that the video's out, 
people who have been hiding or like people who think that they might be like that. They're like, oh, like we exist mm-hmm. in this world. Like we are not alone. Because like I, I think most of them are very isolated. If you had a superpower, I don't know how much you would tell people about it or like oh. <laughs> let's say I had a Hell superpower. Nobody. Like let's say I, I had a legit superpower and it came out. I just imagine the government shoop, and like yeah. hiding me somewhere in a compound and doing experiments on me. Like you, you would not want you, you would not want anyone to know that you have a superpower. They would do by, exactly by the way, what government. Yeah, exactly. Right. So yeah. like, I, you, you, you got to keep that to yourself. And like, you know, maybe you'd be that un, like kind of reluctant superhero or like maybe you're kind of lazy or you yeah. don't have good morals or like you're just like me. I don't really want to save anyone. Or like me, I'm too lazy to come up with a ma- evil mastermind idea, you know, <laughs> but uh, who knows? Yeah. But it was such a good scene, like everything coming out, like the secret society, the dad, Mr. Glass, and then the video coming out, like it was just bam, bam, bam. It was just so good. And great. Fight yeah, you're stuff right. Too. This movie yeah, great fight stuff. And you're right. This was a this was faster than Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Unbreakable was a little bit more like kind of low simmer type of thing. And then in the end, it's mm-hmm. like, boom, you know. But then this one was like, bam, bam, bam. And it was like really good. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of going through critics reviews, I'm actually kind of curious if that's one of the reasons why this movie didn't do well. It's only got 37% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is a travesty. <gasps> like that's, that's no! really low. Now, audience reviews are higher. This is, you know- Why did I like it so much then? Well, th- that's the thing. I think audiences actually did really like this movie. Um, if we, uh, I'll look at IMDb in a second, but I'll kind of go through uh, what the critics, some of the critics- That's very are. surprising. Yeah, and, and one review here says um, that it displays a few glimmers of M. Night Shyamalan and his twisty world Benny Best, but ultimately disappoints as a conclusion yeah. to the writer-director's long gestating trilogy. So that, to me, kind of sounds like somebody who just had such high expectations, maybe for an unbreakable sequel, that they're like, oh, this didn't live up to it. This other one, though, uh, David Ehrlich from IndieWire called it the biggest disappointment of Shyamalan's career. I'm sorry, did you see The Happening? The Last Airbender? Um, the Village? I mean, he's made... Some pretty oh, no. bad movies, and this was not one of them. Now, here, this is where the positive part is. Uh, on IMDb, this thing's got a 6.7 out of 10. So audiences like this, it was just critics yeah. didn't care, didn't understand. We're just looking for reasons to criticize M. Night Shyamalan. Who knows? Um, oh, man. But No, but, I had no expectations. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, the same thing with me. I mean, I, I, I wasn't really expecting an Unbreakable. If they, this had come out and they said Unbreakable 2, I would have been expecting... I want something like Unbreakable. If this had come out and said Split 2, I would have said, I'm, I want something like Split. This coming out as Glass and seeing that everybody's in it and knowing those two other movies were so different from each other, I didn't mm-hmm. expect this to be anything. I just wanted to see how these characters were going to interact. And I think that it was pulled yeah. off brilliantly as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I loved it. I watched it three times for this podcast. Yeah. And every time I watched it, I still I I liked it even more. And let let's and put I'm this into context. That was it, again. it was maybe yeah. a week ago when you suggested doing this. So yeah. you watched this three times in a week, which is uh, definitely a testament. Plus, plus, Unbreakable and Split. There you go. And I'm just like I I liked it. I like the twist endings. I love the superhero. I love you know. I just I I loved it. It's it's almost like you know sci-fi. I like I like sci-fi mm. like creativity and just like thinking out of the box and like you know and he did such a great job with six cents like mm-hmm. i see dead people i'm like what he was dead the whole time like dude it's so good like i think from those four movies alone i like m night Shyamalan. Oh. like i like his movies i haven't watched the other stuff but we gotta you know, do signs about tra- 
no, yeah it's like it's literally like trial by life is trial by error like sometimes you gotta throw it against the wall sometimes mm-hmm. it sticks sometimes it doesn't you know yeah but I think he really got it with glass like I really enjoyed glass but then I kind of like these kind of like superhero sci-fi kind of movies and yeah I think it just all came together I did not see the secret society at all and like like the tattoo reveal mm-hmm. I didn't think that they were gonna die but it was just so good. I would definitely watch it again. I would watch it again. Three mm-hmm. times, maybe even. Um, now, yeah. <laughs> what, was this movie a hit? Here's the the real big thing. This only cost $20 million to make. It was pretty low budget. And it made $246 million worldwide. So a lot of people. That's great. Uh, this, which I think it's it grossed more than both Split and Unbreakable. So this would be the, the biggest of the trilogy. Uh, it opens number one yeah. in January of 2019 with $46 million. Other movies that came out oh. that weekend were The Upside, uh, which made $18 million. Dragon Ball Super Broly, I don't know what that is, $11 million. And A Dog's Way Home. Uh, but Aquaman was the big movie out of that time. So this beat Aquaman, beat um, Spider-Man oh, to the wow. Spider-Verse, beat Mary Poppins Returns. Uh, final box office domestically, as I said, $250 million basically worldwide, but domestically $111 million, which put it just above Godzilla King of Monsters, which we just covered recently too. So, I mean, oh, wow. made, movie made a ton of money. And uh, I remember yeah. the theater being packed when I saw it on opening weekend. Like it was completely packed. Oh, nice. This was before COVID. Yeah. Yeah, a year like before last COVID. Last year. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's oh, crazy. it's been so long. <laughs> I want to watch a movie. I want to go to the movie theaters. I want my life back. But, I know. You know we got to do what we got to do. I hope to get vaccinated soon. I hope to get vaccinated soon. You know, it's so funny whenever I see people uh, put, I think people are joking when I'm seeing people my age or even younger saying like, hey, I got my first shot today. Because like Manitoba is so slow in the rollout that I still think you have to be over 65 yeah. to get it. Like it's looking like it'll be oh, September yeah. before I even have an opportunity to get vaccinated. So wow. you're going to get it long before I do. You'll be seeing movies in theaters before anybody in Manitoba. Yeah, I hope so. But I don't know. We don't know. The cases are pretty bad here. Like we have like a thousand mm. cases a day now. Oh, wow. When it used to be like 27 back in the day. I don't know. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully we'll all get vaccinated. Everything will go back to normal. Everything will be okay. Or who knows? Maybe we'll go into lockdown. Yeah. I don't know. So you, you know, could be stock doing your, your steps on the paper. spot in the living room. Like this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With my dog. Yeah, when I used to go out to walk my dog when COVID first hit, I looked like the invisible man. I had sunglasses, like full, like down mm. jacket, mask, and like gloves on with like, like boots. And like people recognize me. Hi, Miss Theo. And I'm like, <laughs> how did you know it was me? Like I'm fully covered. There's no skin exposed. Oh, it's the way you walk. And oh, I'm like, there you go. How do, how do I walk? What? I'm like, I'm wearing a very puffy jacket. I look like I'm wearing a sleeping bag from like my neck <laughs> to my ankles. Like, how did it's the way you walk? And I'm like, okay, hi, good to see you. There you okay, go. Bye. You can never yeah. be a superhero then because you can never have the the secret identity. People instantly go, oh, yeah, this is the way to walk. There yeah. you go. It's Martina. She's walking. <laughs> yeah, there she's walking with like a huge puffy jacket with her dog. It may have been the dog. But, the dog is quite recognizable. Okay, but yeah. if you can fly, they're not going to see you walk. And if you don't take Beamer exactly. with you, yeah, you can be a yeah, superhero. Yeah, bam, so, there you go. Superpowers. Yeah, you too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so good. Two this other was quick... so much fun. I love it. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Keep going. Two, two other quick segments we're going to do here. One where we're going to look at, yeah. uh, we're going to basically ridicule 
uh, somebody who gave this a one star review on IMDb and, and figure out what's wrong with these people. Um, so let me yeah. try to pull this up. If it comes up here, one star. Um, as it's slowly, slowly coming up here. Here we go. Uh, this person, H. Culligan56581, wrote, uh, I loathe this movie. If I could give it a negative number, I would. If you like Unbreakable and or Split, do not watch it. If I could unsee it, I would. Well, we did like Unbreakable and Split, and we liked this movie, so they're wrong. Um, yeah, they're so wrong. Why? Why? I loved how they, like, knitted everything together. <laughs> Yeah, well, these, these are the, the dumbest of the dumb people right here. Um, this this one, I don't understand at all. Worst film in five years. So what came out five years prior to this? Because you don't even identify what was know. worse five years earlier than this. 2014? Uh, what was M. Night Shyamalan's movie in 2014? Maybe they're just a Shyamalan hater. I don't know. Uh, this oh, one, uh, I completely disagree with this. Just the title of it. Treats its viewers like idiots and drowns what could be interesting characters and needless exposition. The exposition in this movie is one of the best things about it because they've so perfectly set up everything that happens and treating the viewers like idiots. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know what's coming, if you're not expecting all the twists, then they're not treating you like an idiot. They're, they're surprising you. So these people don't know what they're talking yeah. about. We're ashamed like of you. you hadn't, yeah. yeah, we are. But also like, if you didn't see Split or Unbreakable, you kind of need that explanation, like step-by-step mm-hmm. -step explanation. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, lastly here, uh, one of the things we like to do is we like to have dedicated months. Right now we're in the middle of guest host month, but IMDb has this mm -hmm. fun thing, uh, plot keywords. So movies that are connected by similar things in the plot. And we're going to look for one of these days doing one of these. Maybe we could be doing disassociative identity disorder month, which according to mm -hmm. IMDb, popular films about DID include Fight Club, hereditary split Ooh. and glass so we're one quarter of the way there um yeah. we could do violence month view through video camera month death of wife month returning character killed off month cloverleaf tattoo month oh there's bound to be tons of these out there glass one oh, movie yeah. how is it a plot keyword if it is one movie that features a cloverleaf tattoo uh <laughs> voiceover narration woman bound in chains month i'm not going to click on that i could go to jail um cctv yeah, month. don't do that yeah. <laughs> don't go to jail oh, speaking my with an accent month um sanatorium month is there a difference between a sanitarium and a sanatorium there are two separate ones on I here i don't even know i don't even know what those two words mean <laughs> I think it's mental institution. <laughs> oh, okay, uh, let me yeah. do one more here. Poncho month. This is our winner here. We could talk to uh, Martina about poncho. Do you? Do they yeah, recognize you in the poncho? One. Yeah, it's really cute. And it has little pom-poms on it. It's like cream colored and it's wool <laughs> from like Peru. I bought it at like the local market from like a local like person. Yeah. It was, oh, like, that so could be cute. part of your superhero costume. Yeah. With like my little like wool cream colored poncho with pom poms on it. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> like see, look at this. towards you. We've yes. already figured out your kryptonites. We've figured out your powers. Yeah. We just need a name now. All we got to do is come up with a name on the end. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Marvelous Martina. I have no idea. <laughs> like, I um, don't know. Now for yeah. our winner here, Poncho Month, Martina will join us to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Glass, the Devil Wears Prada, Ooh. which we actually covered a few weeks ago. And the lobster right. um, groundhog days in here. Oh. That would be a fun one. Uh, yeah. Lots of good ponchos. Anyway. So wrapping yeah. this up, uh, we have a rating system here, which is buy it, rent it, or bin it. I, 
I kind of guess I know where all these movies are going to go. I haven't been wrong yet, but would you buy this movie? Would you just rent it or would you bin it? I, I would rent it. You're I not going to buy it? I have it on Netflix. Oh, yeah, I would buy it, but I have it on Netflix. <laughs> so there we go. Now you're, oh, you're so logical. I guess I did buy it. I did buy it, but it's on Netflix. There you go. But no, oh, yeah. I love that that was the logical answer. Like you're, you're, you're talking about your mom. That's the logical answer. It's like, well, I would buy it, but I would rent it because it's on Netflix. I'm like, That's technically true. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I would buy it. I liked it. I- I'm going to watch it again. Yeah. yeah, probably as soon as we're done this, right? <laughs> What, how about you? Would you buy it, rent it, or bin it? I, I would totally buy this movie. And I think I would have said that. Yeah. Uh, we were close to doing an episode on this when it first came out. But uh, you know, the person who really? saw the movie with me was my wife, Jamie. And typically when I ask her to record an episode, she says, I'm too lazy for that. So, I mean, her, her kryptonite <laughs> is doing any work that requires talking. Uh, but no, I would buy oh. <laughs> all three of these. I mean, let's let's add it all up. Unbreakable, Split, oh, yeah, and Glass. All of them. Me too. Yeah, I'm yeah, buying this buy whole trilogy. Them, yeah. Yeah, I would buy the whole trilogy. I like trilogies. Trilogies mm-hmm. are great. Especially yeah. when you don't know it's a trilogy till the end. Yeah, I didn't know it was a trilogy. Did you know it was a trilogy? I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't a... even know it was a sequel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like surprises. Bam, surprise. <laughs> Bam, there we go. Now we even, see, we even have the, the, the superhero sound effects. that We just had the sound bubble. Bam, every time. There you got your pose Bam! and everything. Yeah. <laughs> we are well, superheroes yeah, now. Know. Yeah. I remember like uh, Mr. Glass saying, this is when there'd be a bubble of, of confusion above your head mm-hmm. in a comic. And I'm like, yeah, that would be me too. Like, I'd be so confused. <laughs> like, I don't know what's happening. Why are you out of your cell? I don't know. All right. So we're, we're going to have another thing out here. So forget about yeah. the sculpture of Martina's head. We just need any artist out there to draw Martina in her poncho doing a bam. <laughs> and we will auction Dude. that off. <laughs> oh my gosh. Are there people who actually know how to draw? Probably. Um, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, someone didn't. Yeah, that's right. I remember someone made like um, comics of the Amazing Race Racers. Mm. Do you remember that? Find, find out it was, who like, it is. Kwame's friend. Like Kwame's friend did like comics of us, I think. Oh, Do you find out that? who it is. I don't know if we, you remember. We, well, if, okay, if, okay. You can, if you can dig up the picture, we'll release it as part of this episode. <laughs> we'll show oh, people. Oh, okay. Sounds great. Superhero Martina <laughs> or Marvel, ah! Mar- Marvelous Martina. Or that's your name or whatever. Yeah. Well, what uh, would your name be? I, I think I'd be the Insomniac. <laughs> that's oh, the only no. thing that fits. <laughs> I thought it'd be like Coolio Colin. I don't know. <laughs> Coolio Carl- Colin and then Marvelous Martina, Mr. Glass, <laughs> the Beast. And then who's the other person? Uh, oh, the uh, the Green Reaper. Yeah. No, no, no. The like, overseer. overseer. <laughs> the Grim Reaper. Yeah, yeah. The, green, the Green Guard. The oh, green, green. Oh, yeah. You said yeah, green, yeah, yeah. green Reaper's not the bad. Actually, that's better. That's better than Tiptoe Man, at least. Tiptoe Man. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's so crazy. Uh, before awesome. we go here, uh, Martina, yeah. do you have anything you want to plug? Um, are we any closer to getting you on um, Great Canadian Baking Show, Bachelorette Canada, MasterChef Canada, any of those? <laughs> Family Feud Canada, that was almost a thing. Yeah, I want to go on Family Feud. I want to go, but they only got Toronto families because of COVID. Aww. But I'm sure we would have gotten on. Kwame's family got on. That's really cool. Didn't, um, there was but another, yeah, really there was another season that was on. Uh, Karen and Bert from, I think, the season before years. They got on, too. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I want to go on TV again. How do I get back on TV? I want to go on TV. It's so much fun to be on TV. It, it's actually harder than teaching. It's, it's like really long hours. Way harder like than 12, podcasting. hours a day. Yeah. 
I like podcasting too. That's fun too. Thanks for having me on. This is so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. And Thank you know you. what? We'll do signs at some point. And actually our next month, uh, as we're wrapping up guest host yeah. month here, uh, is yeah. kind of a nice tie-in with, I didn't even realize until I watched this. I'm like, it would be a nice tie-in to glass. So we teased we were doing this about a yeah. month ago. It's going to be, uh, let, let's call it good horror thriller sequel month. As we're getting yeah. close to the release of A Quiet Place 2, we hope, Quiet Place 2 is probably going to end up coming out in 2023 at this rate, but it's supposed to come out within okay. about a month. So we're going to be uh, talking about um, 10 Cloverfield Lane is one of the ones we're doing, uh, A Nightmare on Elm mm-hmm. Street Part 2, um, uh, something else, uh, <laughs> The Strangest Prey at Night, <laughs> and another movie that I can't remember, but... Uh, a lot of loose connection sequels, kind of like Glass. So it'll be a good transition there. And we've got some other exciting yeah. things uh, planned here too. And maybe one of them will be Signs with Martina. As soon as you have a chance to watch Signs, let me know and we'll have you back on. We'll do it at any point. We'll interrupt whatever month we're doing to have you on for Signs. Ah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was so much fun. Yeah. And yeah, everybody can listen laugh. to all of our other episodes uh, that we've had during this guest host month. Uh, thank you to Billy. Yeah from Survivor Cook Islands for Karate Kid and Matt Dyson from Australian Survivor for There's Something About Mary and Martina for Glass finally giving me a chance to talk about this movie after two years of waiting to talk about it. Martina, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. And thank you everybody for joining us and my name is The Insomniac. And I'm Marvelous Martina. Bye-bye. Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.